Sports. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Andy Reid. And I'm Tony Augustine. And this is Fumbling Around. <laughs> is that Holy theme song cow. by Reggie Watts? Or? Yep. Okay. Yeah, he it comes in. familiar. Yeah. Uh, just like for Comedy Bing Bang, he comes in every episode. Wow. <laughs> specifically for me. That's a big get. I know. Yeah. 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 He just supports local art mm. uh, in every market. Okay. Uh, humble and loyal fumblets know that not I had fumbleinas. Is fumble <laughs> that was your uh, former coast likes to say. <laughs> uh, they know that my fiance auditioned to be my co-host last yeah. week, and it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I it was a big fight. Oh boy! Uh, but I had to put my foot down and say I just can't have. Somebody on this podcast that knows more about Michigan football than me. Okay. It makes me it makes yeah. me feel really self conscious. Yeah. I'm also so. not going to ask about the bruises on your arm. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, I got physical. Oh, okay. uh, for sure. Okay. Wow. Uh, there were chairs thrown. Oh, wow. Um, bags of uh, feces lit on my porch. Oh. I know it was her. I don't have any specific evidence that yeah. it was her, but it had to have been. Those are like prison rules. Vendetta. Almost. Yeah. Uh, so. We'll see. We'll see if the wedding is still on. <laughs> Have you set a date, by the way? July 20th. All right. Yeah. Where's it going to be? Like around here in Muskegon? It's going to be at St. Ambrose Church in Gross Point. Oh. Uh, that's where her grandparents and her parents got married. Oh, wow. So that was important for, to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we're going to have the reception at the Rooster Tail downtown. Oh, yeah. I'm into that place. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. We went to the... Boat races there. Her dad uh, cooks for the people that own it. Oh, okay. He the does hydroplane a uh, races? Yeah. Oh, okay. I've, I had never seen those before. Yeah. I didn't know intense. that they were a big deal down here. Yeah, yeah. It's a big... It's uh, Even in the world of hydroplane racing, it's considered one of like the big stops. Really? Like a major... Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty wild. For, first of all, it was we went to the Rooster Tail party, mm-hmm. and they hooked Anna and I up because uh, of her dad's connections there. Okay. And... Uh, so what, he's like, like a professional chef, or yeah, oh that's cool. Yeah, and he uh, he works for a lot of their parties and stuff for like twenty years. Wow. So uh, they had like shrimp and seafood and brunch and all these like fancy yeah. drinks and all these people uh, that are so far beyond my socioeconomic standing <laughs> <laughs> surrounding me. It was pretty wild. And then yeah, we got to see the boat races. They had they have these giant cranes that they bring in to yeah. lift them in and out of the water. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I like when I uh, I have a sports background like you, Andy. I worked uh, as a sports journalist yeah. for like fourteen years. So yeah, I've uh, I've seen uh, the races here and in Seattle, and uh, yeah, it's pretty intense. It's super dangerous. Still one of the more <laughs> dangerous sports. Like it's like everything's fine until that boat like starts picking up in the water. Yeah, the, you know, and then when the crashes are horrific. You know? well, I can't. Yeah, I didn't see any crashes. Good. Not that I yeah. wasn't hoping. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what I always say. Like like NASCAR and stuff. It's like you're waiting. Yeah, for, a crash is like a home run yeah. or a grand slam. It's like, but the one you're like, everyone says, I don't want to see it. But then if you see it, it leads on all the news. Yeah. Everyone's like, well, it's amazing. The technology. Do blah, people blah, blah. at NASCARs like cheer when it happens? Uh, I have not I been know. to a NASCAR race, but I don't think so. I think, well, I think, yeah, there probably is some cheering. You know, people just like, woo! You yeah. Know, they're so but, yeah, but I don't think so. But they instead, they'd like to talk about the technology. Like, I didn't know this until I got into sports. Uh, reporting was in in car racing. If a car just crashes, like and nothing happens, uh, that's bad. 
And so if a car crashes and flies apart and all the parts, you know, that's good because all the energy is being dispersed. If you look up, like, Dale Earnhardt, if you look up the crash where he died, the car just goes into the wall. And nothing happens. Nothing happens. And, like, so all the energy, all the force of that went to him and basically, yeah, uh, that killed him. So when you're seeing pieces fly off and it looks horrifying, that's good? It's actually good because all that energy is getting dispersed. Like, it's it's all about that cage, you know, that center cage. There was just a crash a couple weeks ago where it, like, it just looked horrible. Like, I think it was like F1, and then uh, the guy just walked away. Like, a couple of wow. minutes, that's it. So, wow. So, you know what? Feel good about those crashes, yeah. guys. Celebrate well, them. Well, when uh, when those boats, uh, when one, like, cuts a turn into, uh, uh, like, really fast, yeah. and he goes into the other boat's wake, mm-hmm. how do they even see each other? It looked so scary. Yeah. And uh, actually, you know, when when uh, when the boat like turns and makes like that jet of water shoots up when they make a turn, it's called a rooster's tail. Hey, and we were at the rooster yeah, tail. Yeah. Maybe that's so, where it got its name. Maybe I bet. Yeah, right I, actually, I never thought about that till right now. But you might be right. Yeah. But, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So you uh, you worked at the Detroit News, right? Uh, that was your years last from, stop. Yeah, like 2007 to 2014. What? And then 2000 to 2007, I worked at the Seattle Times. Okay. Were you a sports. Uh, editor or? Uh, I was a copy editor in Seattle, and then I was a writer, editor, designer. Uh, editor in Detroit. They talk, and that's part of the reason I came there was they're like, we'll teach you everything. Yeah. They did. When I left, I was uh, an assistant uh, sports editor. Cool. What yeah. uh, what kind of things did you get to report on? Uh, basically everything. I really like the NFL, which is still kind of the sport I did. But, you know, yeah. as an editor, you would handle a lot of things like baseball, um, college football, which I know is your wheelhouse. Hell yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, even things like golf and, you know, a lot of local sports, high school, football, mm-hmm. wrestling, all so that did stuff. So you, did you provide, like, secondary for the Lions beat writers or? Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Like, I would go to games. Like, a lot of times, uh, like, if you read a, a newspaper or a website, a lot of times you'll see a story without a byline. You'll see this more in papers. Sidebar. So, yeah, like, sidebar will say the Detroit News. Chances are somebody wrote that in the office. You yeah. Know, I spent most of my time in the office. But, uh, you know, because there's so much stuff you write off the wire or uh, after a game, for, like the NFL is good about this, college is good about this, they'll re- release like a quote sheet, you yeah. know, like from the press conference. So you can write a sidebar without actually going to the game. I mean, yeah. you still want to go to the game, but it's... it's well, more and more yeah. now, those are just like from the AP wire. Yeah, they, just because they, of It's cost. cheaper. Yeah. yeah, The economic model has been destroyed for journalism. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I know yeah, it. Yeah, um, that's why I'm not in journalism anymore, guys. Yeah. But I, I mean, I left voluntarily. I uh, went to, uh, I work in... I'm a media consultant, which is a fancy way of saying I write and edit and do social media for uh, like tech companies. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I did not leave voluntarily. <laughs> yeah, we uh, talked about this. Yeah, um, uh, I strung I strung for the free press when mm-hmm. I was in college. You strung for AP too, right? Uh, I uh, I freelance a little bit for them here okay. and there. Yeah. Uh, but when I was a sophomore in college, they the free press would hire me for like a hundred dollars. A, yeah. a game and my whole responsibility was just to run down to the press conference so to let mark schneider uh right yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um which i doubt that they do anymore because like you said they put those quotes together for you it takes a little bit longer but yeah it probably helps to save that hundred dollars yeah they'll still i mean it depends like how urge like for the big sports they'll probably still do it uh 
they were doing it when I left, you know. Like yeah. Having, and what they'll do is usually have that person run quotes and then go back later and write a sidebar so they get the value out of it. Yeah, so. I got uh, I got to write a few notebooks and stuff yeah. and get my name in the free press, which is pretty cool yeah, for a 20-year-old or whatever. Yeah, I was excited at first. So, like, when I was an uh, intern at uh, Bloomberg News, this is, like, way back in the two, 90s, uh, I had a story appear in the New York Times. Hell yeah. And, but the thing was, I didn't know, and it's still the case, is the New York Times, it wasn't, they wouldn't give me a byline. They're like, you, you, you know, if you write for the New York Times, you have to earn it. So it was just the story I wrote in the New York Times. Yeah. I, but I still clipped it, and I was like, yeah, that's cool. You know? I have a, a buddy who worked at the Daily with me and mm-hmm. got an opportunity to intern at the, free, at the um, New, York Times. New York Times. And they sent him on assignment to the Boston Marathon. Oh, the bomb. The year it happened. Ah, So he was the only person from the Times there. Oh, wow. And he he got to write all of these stories from from the ground uh, in Boston. Where was he in proximity? I don't know how close he was to the actual bombing. Yeah, yeah. It was near the finish line, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah, right before the finish line. Yeah, I've never talked to him about that. Mm. But it like launched his entire career. He works at Monday Morning Quarterback now. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's not the new guy they just uh, elevated, right? Ta- Tim Tim uh, Rowan? Uh, I don't think that's him. But, like, because Peter King, for people, you know, that follow that, was, like, the... He was kind of the, the face of Monday Morning Quarterback mm-hmm. for many years, and then he left. Uh, and they said, well, we're not gonna, you know, have another, like, central figure. But then they just announced, like, yeah, this... I forgot the guy's name, but... Uh, I think he's an old. Uh, I'm assuming your friend is around your age. He's uh, a little younger than me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. This guy I think is a little older. Yeah. But he's gonna be the new face of it. Uh, but yeah, Tim. Uh, Tim is crushing it. Yeah. He, yeah. He worked for the New York Times for a little bit. He wrote for. He covered the Mets for them, and then moved on. And now he's uh, working for that uh, Monday Morning Quarterback. So yeah. he's cool. yeah, well, crushing I, it. I have respect for anyone who's still in journalism because <laughs> times are tough, man. Times is tough. You know, it's uh, there's a lot asked of you, and that's part of why I get out. Like I, I would say the 14 years I was in journalism, I really loved my job for like 13. Uh-huh. You know, like it was awesome. And then at the end, yeah, at when... the end, it was just you know they were laying people off and they're asking you to do more, and it just you know management was. Uh, it just wasn't as fun, you know what I mean? I really, yeah. at the end of the day, I really like writing and I like editing. Yeah. You know? And I just got to do less of that. Well, know? I have uh, uh, I have a couple editors that know me mm-hmm. and will reach out to me yeah. with story ideas. And I will happily pick them up. I tried to freelance as a job yeah, after. That's, that's real tough, man. Um, uh, but like you said, it's changing and yeah. I'm not going to... I'm not going to write an article for 20 bucks. Yeah. Uh, and there are plenty of people out there that will. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. And it's, uh, I don't think it's good for the industry. Like, It's not. I. Uh, it's not good for the quality of the industry. It's, it's not, good. yeah. It's it's a good business model. If you <laughs> for sure it. it's a good yeah. business model. Like, you know, Bleacher Report is kind of built on that. Or SB Nation. Yeah, SB Nation. And Sports Illustrated has a new thing they're talking about, too, where they're paying just what you said. Like, freelancers, essentially, like, 20 bucks a story. Mm-hmm. Like. I mean, like well, the uh, standard rate used to be like around a hundred bucks. Like it'll be at, at least, place. yeah, at least, and yeah. maybe more. But yeah, twenty dollars. It's like it's not a living wage, Mm-mm. you know. But it's like there's all these people that, and that's the problem. It's like there's you know the availability of information. There's all these people that are like, I can write a story. I can do this. But, yeah. Uh, and you know, if you have the talent, there's nothing wrong with it. But it, it's again, it's like this thing of the free economy. It's in a, the long run, it, it it's not sustainable. It's a job that 
everybody thinks they can do. Yeah. And so they will. Yeah. It's kind of like comedy, you know? <laughs> like everybody yeah. can be funny once in a while, you know what I mean? And I wouldn't I wouldn't um I wouldn't pick the dentist that pulled my tooth for $20. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm sure that'll happen too, you know? <laughs> Yeah, we're going there. Um uh but yeah, so I I don't I don't actively try to freelance anymore. Yeah, we talked about this like uh I think like a year ago. On right? our podcast? Or, or? Uh, no, just like, just talking. Yeah. Just talking like bros. Yeah, you know? just bros. We talk. You know? I am friends with all of these people. That's why it's crushing when I have to tell them they can't be my co-host. Yeah. <laughs> Full time. Fair. But Tony, fair. it's going well so far. We'll yeah, see. I like it. We have a good rapport, <laughs> you know. You, uh, you'd you mentioned when I asked you to be on it, you wanted to talk about um, journalism horror stories. Yeah. Do you have any on your... Oh, yeah. I mean... It's funny, like, because, you know, because we both do improv yeah. uh, comedy, and, you know, people talk about, what if you mess up, you know what I mean? Or, like, looking like an idiot. Like, when you work in, like, journalism, especially for a big outlet, like, if you make a mistake, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people <laughs> see it, you know? Yeah. And, like, they'll, I've just done so and many And you're working in facts, too. Yeah, so if you, exactly. you could really fuck up. Yeah. Uh, some of my worst ones, the worst ones are the ones where you're like in the newsroom and everybody points out a mistake before realizing that it was you. Mm -hmm. Like there was uh, when I was in Seattle, there was uh, uh, a baseball game. The Mariners were playing some other team and that team had a player. I think his name was Josh Gibson, something, but his last name was Gibson. And in the story, we had a reporter at the time who was like very, you know, he was a character, you know what I mean? He was kind of a jerk. And, uh, and anyway, he would nobody. He would always leave the first names out. He was like that kind of old school reporter that was very familiar. Like he would always try to refer. Like in journalism, you don't refer to in AP style. You don't refer to uh, people by their first name after right. first. So you'll say like Andy Reid, you know, scored like uh, you know fifty points, you know, in this basketball game, and then. Uh, but then after you'll say Reed said, you know, and he would always refer to that by the first name, you know. So we always had to go through it and change it. He just refused <laughs> to change it. He's like, I've been doing this a long time. I'm not gonna fucking change it. So, so then it's so unprofessional. I know, I know. You'd be surprised. You know what I mean? I do that. I dealt with reporters that do that all the time. They're William, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like my buddy William. Yeah. For the cycle, like he would always call Lou Pinella, like when he was manager, Lou. like Lou. He's like, oh, this is what Lou says. You know, I'm just like, Bob, you can't do that. You know. And then he's like, hey, fuck you guys. You know, like, and we're like, all right, because he knew he would change it, but yeah. he wouldn't, you know. And I, I've dealt with other reporters that do that, too. You know, they'll just be like, they have a little thing that's wrong, like a style error, you know? And yeah. And you're like, well... So that's quit, yeah, the way I like it. Yeah. They're like, yeah, you can change it, but I'm not going to do it. You know? <laughs> just like, this is their, like, I don't know, their fucking protest or yeah. something. Can we swear on this? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Fuck, swear up. Yeah, swear it up. everybody. No, so anyway, so he wrote a story, and then he, he didn't put the first name of the player, like Gibson. You know, it should have been Josh. And me... Uh, you know, we're on deadline. I'm a young person. I'm making excuses. But I put Bob Gibson. And for people that don't know baseball, Bob Gibson is like a Hall of Fame baseball player that has not played in decades. <laughs> you know? And so this is what happened when you, in the editing process, you, if you're lucky, you edit a story uh, on, in a sports desk. And then it goes to another slot editor or like a head editor that gives a final sign-off on it. And they went through that guy. And then somebody was proofing it. Then somebody proofs it. And then I hear this guy, Mark Akins, who had been working there at that point longer than I'd been alive said oh my god you guys you won't believe what bob did he, he's like he put instead of josh gibson he said bob gibson and everybody's like 
Oh, what a fucking idiot, man. That guy, man, the one time that he puts a first name, he gets, this is why he doesn't do first, you know, last names, you know, and and I'm just sitting there like squirming. I'm like, because, you know, he's he's at the office. Like, no one's going to call him and say, why did you do this? Yeah. So I could have very easily let him take the hit for that. You know what I mean? But I'm like, well, journalism's about the truth. I'm like, uh, that was me, guys. Sorry. And then they're all like, but then it's like this very awkward thing of like, yeah, you were on deadline. You know, he should have put that name in there. It's not your fault. And I was just like, oh, I feel like such a shit, you know. And that yeah. was that was one of the good fuck ups because nobody really saw it. You know, I mean, they pulled it in time. I uh, I have a a bad a, a misnamed story too. Yeah. And I was when I was in between college and high school, uh, I worked for the high school uh, newspaper. I was planning on working for the college newspaper, and the editor of the local Mesquite Chronicle let me write some stories oh, that's awesome. that summer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I did one about a uh, high school softball like state tournament game. What, I think it was pretty up there. It was like maybe yeah. the semifinals or mm-hmm. something. Um, and <laughs> the the girl with the, who had like the winning hit or whatever, I kind of made the story about her. Her name was like Tiffany Stevens mm-hmm. or something like sure. that. Back then, I had uh, an affinity. For the Howard Stern show on E, oh, okay. uh, and I'm there was still a huge Howard Stern. <laughs> there was he had a frequent uh, guest um, porn star named Tabitha Stevens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. I'm, Do you I'm remember her? She'd talk, oh, yeah. she would go on there and talk about her like bleached asshole yeah. and stuff and like she, that. They would have like they had a contest where like a fan could sleep with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and subconsciously, I put I I put. Her oh name is Tabitha God. Stevens instead of Tiffany Stevens oh or whatever her name God. was. And I get the editor uh, called me or uh, emailed me back when I sent it in. He's like, great story. Loved it. Uh, uh, I believe you meant Tiffany Stevens. I don't know why you put ta- – I don't know if he knew. Or- of course he knew. <laughs> I don't know if he knew who Tabitha Stevens was. I'm assuming that he did. He was a, yeah. like a, a adult man in his 40s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Nobody talks about how uh, well-versed everybody is in porn stars, but – yeah, uh, I think we can well, all assume we have a baseline knowledge of it, who they funny. are. <laughs> yeah, like they had a guy, uh, Richard Christie, on the Howard Stern show at the time. He was a savant. You know, uh-huh. like he was a super hardcore porn guy. Like he would talk about <laughs> where he have dates with himself. Like on Friday night, he would get a glass of wine. He was like a porn what, connoisseur. Yeah. And so they would just like name like like they would play scenes of like girls moaning, and he could pick out which what? porn star it was sometimes. And he would just have this like like encyclopedic knowledge of but you know like as uh, when working on the desk it's your job to be a pervert you know what I mean when you're, like I remember uh, uh, slot editor said that you know like hey you want to hear another uh, awkward story was it's your job to be a pervert yeah because it's like you have to read you know into headlines yeah. and statements you know and like know these things but yeah I had many awkward moments like that um like, uh, this is at the Detroit News. There was a headline where somebody wrote, like, some player. Let's say it was Dylan Larkin, you know. It says Dylan. The headline was, you know, he was, like, a rookie, and then he had a good game. And then he was like, uh, Dylan Larkin earns his red wings. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you're if you're familiar with this term. Uh-uh. Nobody in the newsroom was. So when uh, that's slang, that is a slang term. So if you go down on a girl on her period... That's called earning your red wings. Oh, because I oh if you imagine the, your cheeks, I'm just gonna make it. You know, if we have any listeners remaining right now, hey, that one would have slipped yeah. right by me. Yeah. So I was, you know, like proofing, and I saw that headline, and I'm like, oh, we can't have this headline because you know? I assumed everybody would know, you yeah. know, or at least the guys would know. 
Uh, and there are women in the, you know, like uh, in the newsroom too. You know, there's probably like ten people, you know, on the desk at that time, like the reporters. And and so this is like a Friday night or Thursday night. And then they're like, no, why, why? You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not gonna say. You like, you guys don't know. I'm like, I'm not gonna say. I'm it. not gonna say. Yeah. There's a. Yeah. Uh, Urban Dictionary, if yeah. you really want But to then, know. of course, they're like, we're not going to look it up. Just tell us, you know? So I had to explain to them. And they all looked at me like, you are disgusting. You disgusting, you know? disgusting but I'm pervert. Like, I can't believe, that's what I said to them. I was like, I can't believe that this has never come up in a te- in a city where the team's name is the Red I'm Wings. I'm sure it has. I'm yeah. sure that plenty of articles have slipped past about how somebody earned their Red Wings. Yeah. Yeah, I've done so. Yeah, so that was, uh, I had one that got into print that was horrible in Seattle where I, uh, it was a recruiting story about a basketball player. Uh-huh. And I got the school that uh, they picked wrong, uh, you know, for basketball. Oh, no. And I got the gender wrong. Oh, no. His name was Lee. L-E-I-G-H. And you uh, thought it was a woman? I thought it was a woman. Yeah. And uh, the parents actually called me, Oof. you know, which is another, like, that's another horrible thing. You know, they're like, they called and, like, they said, and, and I said that he had committed to the Seattle uh, University women's basketball team. <laughs> and he had committed to the Seattle Pacific men's basketball team. And they're like, we understand you could get the gender wrong, you know. But, what, but he's <laughs> like, how'd you get the school wrong, too? And my editor's like, yeah, how did you do that? How I was like, yeah, I was just like, oh, I completely. Dropped uh, the yeah. ball. Yeah, I worked with a guy for a story. See, in in editing, editing in an error is the worst. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. If you don't catch something, yeah, that's fucked up. But it's like, if you're the one making, and I've done that plenty of times, there was a guy who became, well, not famous, but it was like he... uh, uh, he had a story where he edited jump shot. He turned it into jump shit, and it ran in all editions. <laughs> and then after jump he came shit. in, you know, it was just like jump shit. Like it was just no, not, jump we, shit. We didn't call him jump shit, but it was like he was always known. Like you would just say jump shit, and he would just get some look on his face <laughs> of, of horror. You know? I love that visual. Yeah. Somebody jumping, <laughs> jumping, uh, and taking a shit yeah. at the same time. There's, all, I mean, there's so many great stories in journalism of like this is the thing too. Like I'll always tell young editors or people like you, you think. There's a real temptation, and maybe you've done this too, like when you worked, uh, you know, did you ever do editing and stuff where you were just straight yeah. reporting? Yeah. So, like, you'll... Like, I was the managing sports editor of the Daily. Okay. So, so. There, you know, there's a lot of downtime. Oh, you know yeah. What I mean? That's the thing people don't understand. Like, my, my sister used to get mad at me because I'd be like, yeah, I would probably work, like, really out of an eight-hour shift. I'd probably work four hours. Yeah. You know? And you're like, just sitting there. Yeah. But I'm like, you're paid for your time, and it's not, it's not as fun as you think it is. You know what I mean? Because it's not like, you're just sitting there, but, like, so things get boring, and you want to, like have fun so sometimes like a, a thing people will do is like they'll write fake headlines mm-hmm. you know what i mean or it's like oh, put stuff yeah. in the stories and uh i never do it you know because i've seen too many times where it goes warm. through yeah there's yeah. one i think it was in oregon where uh this coach was talking about uh you know like a player and mm-hmm. somebody one guy wrote to like to because he was like he knew this copy editor was going to read it so he changed the quote to yeah the guy on the other team he i mean He's good, but he sucks donkey dicks. Oh, I, I've seen that. Yeah, uh, there. Uh, Deadspin did a whole article about yeah, this. Yeah, because so, and it ran for all editions, and then the kid sued for uh-huh. uh, libel. <laughs> you know, and I think he won a settlement. So it's like, but I've seen so many stories like that where people just like put like stupid things in there to yeah. make people laugh, and I always tell people it's not worth it. You know, don't <laughs> we, even. Yeah. Uh, we occupied ourselves. Uh, in different ways, mm-hmm. editing at a college newspaper. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> making up games. We had this big, beautiful old building in Ann Arbor. Was ours. They just let a bunch of <laughs> idiot kids <laughs> take over a building. Because that's the one thing about the daily that um, schools with uh, actual journalism departments yeah. have that we didn't was 
uh, supervision. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you were like an independent operation. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, we had no. Uh, we had no. Uh, profession, professorial advisor, staff, no yeah. faculty. It was all us. Um, but they tur- the daily turns out great. Oh, hell yeah. Them. Hell yeah. Uh, Tim Rowan, mm-hmm. uh, Monday Morning Quarterback. Nicole Auerbach works for The Athletic. Yeah. Rich Eisen, Adam Schefter, Eugene Robinson's won Pulitzers. Yeah. There's a lot of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rich Eisen used to do stand-up too. And kind Is of, that right? Yeah. Oh, man. I would love to go back and see that. Yeah. There was mm. a, there's an ESPN retrospective where he does like a Howard Cosell, uh, like a, a bit about Howard Cosell, what he sounds like when he comes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, but we made up games like uh, uh, Chair Monkey. Chair Monkey? Because uh, we, we had uh, mon- uh, uh, chairs with wheels on them. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, and we had these big uh, industrial-sized trash cans. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a, uh, a cross between um, Monkey in the Middle and... Uh, polo uh we had a nerf uh we had this uh conference room encased in glass oh nice was great uh and uh one wall is all of our old bound volumes dating back all the way to 1890 whatever yeah um and we thought it was a great idea to tape the uh nerf hoop above (laughs) the uh glass wall uh, of the conference room Sounds and we right. would play. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we would play uh nerf basketball and I was uh, editing a story one day. I'm like leaning over the designer's uh, computer, uh, kind of checking over the page, looking at it. And I just hear this enormous crash. Uh, and Ryan Karcha, who now works for the uh, uh, LA times mm-hmm. uh, is standing uh, above the wood paneling with his full arm through the glass of the conference room. Oh my god! He tried to do a dunk on the Nerf hoop, and, and uh, isn't that like super thick glass? <laughs> yeah. Wow. He uh, and he's like he was scared to come out because he there's just shards of glass surrounding him. He was all cut up. Uh. He ran through the glass when he was trying to do a dunk. <laughs> <in there. laughs> That's like the like the office equivalent of breaking the backboard. Let's oh right yeah. Now. Oh yeah. It was unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> Have to pay for? It? Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those were the glory days. That, yeah, that was. Uh, we were right. I guess right on the outskirts. Um, because I know that they've uh, severely limited um road trips. Like mm-hmm. I, I went to when I was in school. I traveled to Wisconsin for a women's basketball game. Mm-hmm. They would never do that now. Yeah. Um, our um, we had uh, hockey writers go to Alaska. Oh wow! Um, For a college paper, that's uh, yeah. We so would you travel with the team or no? Um, oh wow, that's even more impressive. Yeah, we uh, there we had a couple offers. Mm-hmm. Um, to Some publications do that. won't do it. Yeah, uh, like most papers won't do it because it's too like yeah. Funny, you know, uh, we had like uh, some of the nicer coaches would extend the offer. I think it happened one time um, that one of the daily writers went on the plane. With a, a hockey team somewhere, mm-hmm. god awful, like North Dakota or something. Um, but, oh, but, but you know, sorry, just going back to the porn thing real quick. Did the, <laughs> the, the family ever call you out on that? No, the editor caught it. Oh, that's he, right. He yeah, called, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, but yeah, you were traveling with the team. And- um, but yeah, for the most part, we would decline. Um, yeah. We, uh, the university had a, like a fleet of vans that they oh, would okay. rent to student clubs oh, okay. for cheap. Uh, and uh, I, I counted it out. I think I drove uh, two times the diameter of the earth <laughs> dur- <laughs> for the daily during my time in college. Wow. Yeah. We went everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. 
that uh, have you? Did you always want to be? Because for me, journalism was like a very. I took a journalism class my mm-hmm. last, you know, uh, semester of senior year, and it was just a lark because my friends were in the teacher who I didn't agree with a lot. Because uh, if you know my sense of humor, it's like I like to make people uncomfortable mm-hmm. and things like that, or just you know taboo subjects. But she was like, I don't agree with like how you operate, you know, or like you know the <laughs> stuff you write about. But I think you could make money, you know, doing journalism. And I was like, and I never thought about journalism before that. Yeah. Uh, and I ended up going into journalism, but I never thought about sports journalism. When I interviewed at the Seattle Times, they had a three, what they had called a three-year residency, uh, and then or four-year residency. You would do it for four years, and at the end of four years, they could, you know, because you know, like it, for people that don't know, when you start in journalism, you usually start out like freelancing or working on very small papers, mm-hmm. and then work your way up. This was a chance to go like right to the majors, but yeah. make very, very little money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a, basically like a third of yeah. you know. I think the, this is like 2000. journalism kills it on underpaying yeah, their, their yeah. employees so like uh to the, <laughs> finding creative like 2001 2000 mm-hmm. like the my first year there after taxes i made sixteen thousand dollars hell yeah in seattle and i was just like i was like i could easily make more working at mcdonald's you know <laughs> like working full-time at mcdonald's yeah and uh but i mean again when you love it i didn't obviously didn't get into journalism for money but um yeah it's like it, but so i had a chance to like go and like you know work work my way up and work at a big uh, paper, so I took it. But when I did the interview for it, they had a. Re- I thought the residency was like well, the way it was described to me was, okay, we'll put you like in features for like six months, then put you in business for six months, and that was true for all the reporters except for the sports resident. You know, so when yeah. I went in this interview, she's like, uh, so like, what interested you about this? You know, I was talking to Kathy Henkel, uh, my editor, and she, I was like, well, you know, I like I really like the variety, the idea of it. You know, like you know, working in features and business. She's like. No, this is just sports. Uh. You know that, right? And I'm like, oh, of course I know that. You know, I'm just saying I have a wide interest. You know, yeah. and I just like, I was, I'm surprised I got the job after that. But uh, I did, I guess I did the best on the test. They gave you like an editing, writing test. Oh, I remember but, those. So you always, yeah. So yeah. So I, there was one, there was a, like a prestigious like uh, internship in school called the Dow Jones Fellowship where it's like an editing. Where'd thing you with, go? Uh, Wayne State. Okay. And so you could go, you know, like work for a summer, like for like, you know, the Dow Jones Company or I think like the Wall Street Journal, like being an editor. And I took that test and I did it like, talk about an editing mistake. I didn't realize there was a back page to the last page. Oh, no. So I did it. And my, the guy, Ben Burns, who was proctoring it, he was like, uh, he used to be like a managing editor at the Detroit News. He's gone now. But he was like, uh, you know, there's a back page, right? And I'm like, oh, can you give me some time? He's like, I cannot. Yeah, mm. I'm like, fuck. Uh-huh. You know? That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh man. But you always like because you said you I, like I didn't do any writing. I was for similar. Paper. <clears throat> um, I was similar in that my senior year of high school, the editor of our student paper, uh, or going into senior year, mm-hmm. my editor um, had 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 me in an English class and said, "I want you to do newspaper. Oh, I think okay. you'd be really good at it." Yeah. So this is a fellow student. No, oh, okay. uh, a like teacher. A faculty. The, yeah, the teacher yeah, okay. of the student news. It, student okay. newspaper was a class in senior year. Okay, yeah, that's same same for. Oh no, mine was just we just had a separate journalism class, but it wasn't newspaper. Yeah. Newspaper was like extracurricular. Gotcha. Yeah, um, so he like recruited me, um, and I wrote a story about uh, uh, a fellow football player on the high school team, mm-hmm. and um, won an award for it. Uh, like a, they have like the state high school, yeah, yeah, whatever it's mm-hmm. called. Uh, I won like best feature. I was awesome. Like I could do this, yeah. so I, I uh, figured out. I went to the student student paper at Michigan, and then 
went from there. So you went to Michigan with the idea that, because that's interesting to me, like, because you want to be do journalism. I went to Michigan because I got in. <laughs> uh, uh, um, um, and So what's your actual degree? English and communications. Okay. They had a J school and they shuttered it yeah. in the 80s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but they have... The the daily is very well respected, and oh, yeah. you can kind of like map mm-hmm. out your own J school um, degree. That's through there. Yeah, until I met you, I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah, because I had seen people, you know, that had come out of Michigan, you know, in our time, and yeah. like the people you mentioned. But I was always like, oh yeah, how did that? How did that happen? Like I yeah. always thought, oh, they just stumbled into journalism somehow. No, uh, yeah, it's there's actually kind of a a debate in uh, journalism, like what path is better, a J school. Or something like the Daily. And a lot of places will have both vibrant. Like Missouri has a yeah. great J school and an awesome student newspaper. Yeah. Syracuse. Syracuse, yeah. Northwestern. Yeah, I think now, I think maybe in the old days it was better to just, you know, like J school. Yeah. But really now, because of the way the structure is. It's, Who can afford yeah. to pay yeah. uh, what uh, somebody with a J school degree is worth? Yeah, I met a kid uh, that was an intern, uh, summer intern when I was at the Detroit News. He went to NYU for J school. Mm. Uh, he was a hundred plus thousand dollars in debt. And I'm just like, what the uh, fuck? What are you, you gonna know? do? Yeah. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I have a cousin that I know yeah. uh, uh, people in J school that are now, um, they're like the PR person for a, a, a semi pro soccer yeah. league. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, you know, yeah. And uh, I, I tell even people that, that really want to go yeah. into journalism, I don't go get a master's in journalism. Yeah. To me, it's like if you want to get a ma- in the industry generally, if you want to get a master's in journalism. Uh, you want to teach. That's the only reason yeah, to do it. Yeah. And, you know, like once, you know, the era of even needing a journalism degree is very young. You know, most of the people that I worked with, like I said, when I worked in Seattle, when I went there, most of the people, like a number of the people have worked there longer than I'd been alive, you know, mm-hmm. like in my 20s. But almost none of them had journalism degrees, you know, because uh, once about the, the old, in the old days, you always hear the story about the publisher who started as like, you know, moving the hot lead, you know what I mean? Or yeah. like a, a newsboy and worked his way up to publisher. That's a real story. Uh, and it's all about experience. You right. know, I was in a scholarship program, uh, at Wayne State called the Journalism Institute for Minorities. And a condition of keeping your scholarship was you had to have an internship every semester. And that's really what like propelled me, you know yeah. what I mean? Because they understood it was a very practical faculty there were people that at the time were on strike from the detroit news and free press so i had a lot of bitter teachers <laughs> a couple bitter teachers like my editing teacher was particularly better i can imagine uh, that most journalism teachers are bitter in yeah, some way or another yeah well she was i remember like the editing class i went to she's like yeah she was on strike she's like look you can get into this but that let me just tell you the burnout is very high for editors yeah. you know what i mean it's like because they fuck you you know what i mean it's just like <laughs> you know and this guy was a photographer and he was just like you know they were just all like very but we all most of us all stayed in it yeah. but um uh what was i talking about i was talking about uh oh yeah about experience uh-huh. but they're like it's all about experience so i would go to these um you know, like job fairs or internship fairs they would have. And I would run into students from like prestigious universities like Northwestern mm-hmm. that ne- that had graduated and they didn't have an internship and they're kind of fucked. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like a newspaper doesn't care. Like if you go to like, let's say Harvard or Northwestern and you have no experience and then you're going up against somebody that went to like, you know, Wayne State or whatever and they have a ton of experience, that person's going to get the job yeah, every and, time. And every time. They, uh, they don't have to... Try to compete with a, a master's wage. Somebody yeah. can ask, you know. Exactly. I have a master's degree in journalism. Yeah, I want $100,000 a, a year. Yeah. 
Too like, bad, yeah, dude. There, there was a dude, I won't say what paper, it wasn't my paper, but a friend of mine. Like, he went to Harvard and just thought it was like, well, yeah. I went to Harvard, but the guy had, like, no fucking experience. He was not a good writer. Like, this is the big thing. Like, there, this is a debate in general academia is, like, is Harvard, like, does Harvard turn out, uh, you know, like, top-notch graduates or anything? No, it's store? just... Is it the school or is it that it just attracts the people? And it's the latter. They're really good... At, uh, at matriculating uh, conservative assholes and comedy writers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's about exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, and presidents. You know, yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, I always think that's the weirdest fact is that uh, Hill Harper, who was on like the West Wing and stuff like that, uh -huh. who looks super young, and he just bought a house in Detroit that he's restoring, uh, the, the old Fisher Mansion. Mm. And uh, he went to college with Barack Obama. Huh. And it just seems so weird because he seems so much younger. He was on the show Psych, too. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's like I, I tell students that all the time. And not just journalism students. College is becoming so unaffordable. I was lucky to graduate without any debt because I had a scholarship. Yeah. But I also went to Wayne State, which at the time I think was like $90 a credit hour. And it's not that much more now. It's like I tell people that all the time. I have a cousin who's a teacher. Uh, she went to U of M, and she's teaching at a charter school. I mean, she had some grant money, and she's almost paid off her debt. But, I mean, I she said – I certainly haven't. Yeah, but she said, like, you know, if I – she knew she was going to be a teacher, and she still went to U of M, you know? And she's like, I probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know, you're lucky that I know so many people that are just saddled in debt, and they're going to die in debt, you know what I mean? Hell yeah. Just like, yeah. Dying in debt, baby. <laughs> well, you're going to get a TV deal, Andy. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I'm counting on you. I, I have big hopes for you. Uh, but I can't wait. Yeah, do like the interview with access hollywood or something like what are you gonna do now that you're a millionaire yeah pay off my student yeah, debt exactly real glamorous <laughs> shit that's my lambo you know what i mean it's gonna pay it off but yeah it's like you don't need if you're smart and you apply yourself really the thing that um like yeah like people will like say to me like you know you're smart you know i get yeah. that a lot you know what i mean um I don't mean that in a bragging way. I don't go around saying i'm smart but you know people in improv will say oh, like you know like you're smart or even that i work with but i'm telling you that it is work ethic. Yeah. You know, intelligence doesn't matter. Like, I, I'm of Indian descent. My parents are Indian. So, growing up, I was a person that was good at English, which is basically like, if you're Indian, it's like saying you're good at juggling. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I was terrible at math. And so, I was considered stupid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, like oh, Tony reads a lot, you know? So, I was like, oh, man, I'm really dumb. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, like the the ugly duckling, you know? <laughs> and then, like, the first time when, you know, they had that journalism class, that teacher in high school, that was the first time a teacher had been like, hey, you're good at something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Usually, it's just like, okay, you know, but she's not yeah. just good at something, but it's like, hey, you could be good at... Uh, so you know, like something besides you know being an engineer or a doctor, yeah. you know what I mean, or a physical therapist. And I was like, oh, it really made me think. And then I went to college and I found out, oh, this is like I could, I was good at writing and stuff. And my whole family and everybody was like, well, that's good, but you can't do anything with it. Yeah. You know? And I was like, you can do something with it, you know. And like my parents were against me going into journalism, you know, until I got a scholarship. And then they're like, okay, that's something we can brag <laughs> a lot of friends about, you know. And but. So then I was like, oh, here I am. I'm smart in this other thing, yeah. you know, that I had no idea until I was probably, like, 19 years old, yeah. you know? And so I think that's funny. Like, I think people look at me and say, like, oh, you've just been used to being, like, considered, like, smart your whole life. But it's been roughly equal. Like, I'm in my 40s now. So, like, my first half of my life, I thought I was stupid. <laughs> yeah. And the second half of my life, people think I'm smart. But it really doesn't matter, yeah. you know? It really doesn't. It's like... You know, if you look at the smartest people in the world, those are not the most successful people in the world. It's right. work ethic. You know what I mean? It's like if you hustle, if you do your best. It's like that's the one thing my dad always says. Like, just do your best. That's what I say to all. This has become almost like an intern podcast. You know, instead of fumbling around <laughs> in sports, and it's like, it's like just just do your best. Try try your hardest, no matter what you're doing. My dad's like, even if you clean a toilet, yeah. You know, 
now and you know like do your best job cleaning the toilet and then he's like clean your bathroom so I was like, that was a good <laughs> lesson. so but yeah so yeah don't you don't you don't need it. i mean it's great you know it sounds like you had a great experience at u of m but yeah you know but to say that you wouldn't be successful if you didn't go to u of m you know yeah i yeah i uh i think my life would have been very different if i because i yeah. uh um i thought that i was going to go into um science Oh really? Uh, I took a p- bunch of AP Science classes oh, in high okay. school, um, and like the other schools I applied to were like, Purdue mm-hmm. Engineering School, Virginia Tech is an engineering school. Are you good at math? I was. Okay. I don't know if I am anymore. I always admire people that are good at math. <laughs> if, I could, if I had one wish, it would probably be to like either I could draw or be good at math. Yeah, I was good at math. Uh, um, but I'm sure it's all gone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's still in there. It's, it's like still, a beautiful I have mind. To unlock I'm going to put somehow. up a physics equation at Planet A yeah. and see if you walk by and solve it. Um, but yeah, like the, the experience late in high school of working at the newspaper and then jumping onto the newspaper right away. Yeah. Uh, that I figured out pretty quickly <clears throat> into freshman year that that's where I was going. Mm-hmm. You, that, uh, that story I wrote in high school. Um, so uh, I won't say use any names or whatever, but yeah. it was a football player uh, at my high school, and the story was uh, he came from like a broken home, and this family in uh, our town like took him in and raised him, uh, and now he's this awesome football player. Okay, kind of like the Blind Side. Yeah, yeah, kind of like the Blind Side. Uh, years later, I randomly um, ran into one of our assistant coaches at a gas station in like Indiana. Okay. I, yeah, I was on a I was on a work trip. Uh, I think I was covering like a high school basketball tournament or something. Yeah. So I'm in the middle of nowhere in Indiana and stopped for a coffee and this assistant coach was And he remembered you. Yeah, oh yeah. And we caught up and he's like, "Do you do you uh uh have you caught are you keep in touch with uh this player?" I'm like, "No, not really. I haven't talked to him since high school." And he's like, "Yeah, that was a great story, but do you know what really happened?" Oh. And I was like, uh, no, yeah. please fill me yeah, in. Yeah, it's yeah. a story I wrote in high school. Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't ask the hard <laughs> questions. <laughs> but he's like, he shot his own father. Whoa. And I was like, what are Not you talking about? Not the one he moved about? in with. Right? No, yeah. the, his, his real, real father, father was like a, a, a terrible person. And he like came at his mom with a knife. And the, uh, this kid... Stepped up and saved his mom and shot his own dad in the wow. chest, and then went and moved in with this family. Oh, and I was like, "Are you kidding wow. me?" So, oh, so that never came up. No, because he was a juvenile, right? Uh, well, he was like defense. He didn't get it. He didn't it was, even get. Charged. It was self defense. Yeah, he didn't yeah, get yeah. charged, but he like saved his mom by uh, doing the, like shooting his yeah. own dad. Like, and uh, I, Theron, right? uh, I, this story could have been so much more. Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. Knew. Yeah, that's that's crazy. But yeah. that's you know part about journalism too is like. There's so many things that are like under the, like uh, you know you know oh, what yeah. I mean. I've definitely working in sports journalism has really beaten the love of sports out of me. Like I still follow the <laughs> NFL now, but just seeing how like all these like colleges yeah. and like being operate like the same thing with Ohio State, perfect example. Oh, it's such it's like, scuzziness. It's like yeah. sports is like it's weird. It's become like the new like re- like tribalism has really risen in America, and it's like it's like the new religion. Yeah. It's like like it, I see a lot of parallels to the Catholic Church with like their abuse. Game, oh, you know? for sure. I mean, like yeah, very much so at Penn State. Yeah, and those yeah. people are so virulently like uh uh they victimize the program in a way that is disgusting yeah but the um i think there's a lot of uh uh the way that the current political climate is uh with uh basically uh the president will 
just denounce anybody that's that says bad stuff about fake news, you know, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. That has really seeped into a lot of these programs and a lot of these fan bases where uh, the uh, playing the victim card, like ESPN is attacking us. Yeah. Um, uh, they You would find dirt on any program if you, if you dug. Oh, so why are they time. doing it to us? What yeah. do they have against us? Um, but you, but like, if you want them to stop writing shitty stuff about you, stop doing shitty yeah. stuff. Don't blame the messenger. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a lot. I mean, there's Michigan so much, State yeah. fans have a lot, like this vendetta against ESPN because they think that yeah. they're a tap. But you know, they've there's there was like 17 sexual assaults perpetrated by MSU athletes yeah. on campus. Not even that getting were, into Larry Nasser. That, you know that's what not I mean? yeah. That's not even the Nasser stuff. That's yeah. the basketball and football team, and none nothing ever happened to yeah. any of those guys. See, it's like college athletics. That's the shitty yeah. stuff, yeah, not the story yeah. about. The shitty stuff. Athletics in general, but college athletics especially, is built on a lie yeah. in that it's, it's not a business. Oh, oh my God. It yeah. is a business. It's and indentured so, servitude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like everything, if you look at what is the point of college athletics, it is to make money. Yeah. You know, like for at, at the highest level. And if you don't acknowledge that, everything else becomes a lie too. You mm-hmm. know, all this stuff about Urban Meyer, like he was cleared or suspended three games, that's not about morality or what's right or wrong. It's no. about money. You oh know? yeah, and now and now they get to write the the revival story. Yeah, and they and like this Sunday. Actually, as we're recording this podcast, <sighs> it's uh, you know like ESPN or oh they're attacking Ohio State. Well, guess who's their exclusive interview? Like yeah. Urban Meyer returning the sidelines. And I thought the press conference was amazing. If you have a chance to see, oh, it, it was where, he was petulant. Uh, yeah, like uh, Urban Meyer and all these people. Like it, it, they turned the story into we're unfairly put upon. Not the woman that was beaten. And yeah, you know, like I will say, everybody knew about it. Uh, Tom Rinaldi did a pretty good job of trying to hold Urban Meyer's feet to the fire. This oh, okay, I haven't, I haven't seen it. So uh, he asked, uh, he asked, quite, like uh, straight up, you know, you you preach uh, protecting women and respecting women and uh, and uh, complete, uh, you know, yeah, di- like no tolerance for uh, domestic violence whatsoever. Yeah. So who in your who? Was protecting Courtney Smith. What did you do to respect Courtney Nobody. Smith? And the because it's about fucking money. Yeah. camera zooms in on Urban Meyer's yeah. face. Eight full seconds of silence. Awesome. It was. It was. Yeah. Yeah. But so the thing is, yeah, it's no one's gonna remember it. You know, that's that's a shitty thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, if you this send, it sends such a horrible message. Mm-hmm. You know, but because it's based on the lie. If you if you just go back to like what this what is this all about? It's money. Like teams like to talk. Like that's the thing. There's a real like sanctimonious like current running through, especially pro sports now. You yeah. know what I mean about players. Like even with the national anthem stuff, I thought like the most telling <laughs> thing about that is like people like were booing players. You know about <laughs> kneeling and stuff like that. Then they cut to the stands. There's all these people with their hats on, sitting down, drinking beer. It's yeah. like it's just bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's Nobody that's cares. really what's made me like soured me a lot on sports. I still follow the NFL, but it's also like dealing with people like behind like you they, look, most of the athletes that I dealt with and people in pro sports are great. Yeah. Or at least professional at the very least. But they have a real bad habit of protecting assholes. Oh you know? yeah. For um, sure. Yeah. That's a uh it's a lot of uh uh towers of american society though once you yeah, gain a little no, power in the cer- you know it seems like what the system will the help norm, you yeah what seemed to be the norm in like politics or like corporate life yeah is spreading to all aspects of like yeah. american life but when you yeah. invest you know eight million dollars a year in something true 
And yet you can't pay players. You know what I mean? Right. What does Harbaugh make like nine million a year? Or something uh, or? Uh, I think it's I think his base salary is like six five, yeah. and then but he's got like the Nike deal and this deal and that deal and, and that this Detroiter's deal and that money. Deal. So. And Detroiter's money. I yeah. was I saw that episode and I was so I was shocked that they got him to do that because he doesn't. Seem he like loves that, that show. Guy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, he does. Uh, he does crazy shit like that yeah. though. Like he, I think he was in like a big Sean video. Oh really? Uh, yeah, and he he's. Uh, him and his dad were in the audience for an episode of Judge Judy, uh, and just crazy stuff like that. So oh, speaking he, of behind the scenes, uh, I talked about this. Let's talk about that Mario and Pemba Rod Allen. Uh, oh yeah, uh, getting into I it. Love this story <laughs> because so people don't know Rod Allen and Mario Pemba. They're the Fox Sports uh, broadcasters for the Tigers. And if you see them, they're very, like, genial on camera. But people in Detroit media have known for years that those guys <laughs> cannot stand each other. It's so funny. Like, that, like sometimes it's funny about sports. It's like people say, oh, you work in sports? Like, what's, what's this person nice? They're like, you know. And uh, I'll tell a story about uh, a prominent Tigers player, let's say, that uh, a friend of mine went to do a story and didn't know uh, this player. And so he, when uh, he went to, like, meet the player and interview him, the player put out his hand, like, to shake hands. And then he grabbed my friend's hand and pulled it toward his dick. What? Yeah, it's a guy. I mean, they're, they're oh. both guys. But he's just, like, you know, just, like, schoolhouse just still, weird shit. Yeah. yeah, it's so bizarre. Like, they never met before. This guy makes, you know, a ton of money, yeah. you know? Well, I think I, I try <coughs> to imagine. I am. It is shocking. And almost unbelievable that LeBron James is a normal, adjusted I human being. I say that being. all the time. Because if uh, if everybody in my life told me how great I was since you were in eighth grade, since I was a twelve year old, yeah. and then when I was eighteen, they gave me a hundred and ninety million dollars, yeah. I wouldn't be alive. Yeah. I would be way more Manziel, yeah, Johnny, Johnny Football, yeah, it's, than I tell LeBron. People, like people always say, is Jordan or LeBron? I'm like. Okay, maybe as a player, Jordan had that more of that killer. He, is, he was more of a system, but as a person, yeah. as a basketball player, like he, LeBron, it's crazy. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm a Pistons fan, unfortunately, and like, you know, I, I have plenty <laughs> of, uh, yeah, like, well, I say that about the Lions usually too, but, uh, you know, like LeBron broke our hearts more than once, but it's like, a guy like that yeah. should be a total asshole. Like <laughs> yeah. sometimes people complain about like when he loses, he doesn't like talk to the media. I'm like, if that's the worst thing you can say about him, yeah. you know what I mean? Like he seems like a good family guy, whatever. <laughs> Even if he's a complete asshole, you know, it's like he's not fucking it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like you should be way more of an asshole. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like because I mean power corrupts. Yeah. You know, like I mean, <laughs> you see like someone get a little bit of power and be an asshole. You know, it's like he has a lot and he's like responsible. <laughs> you know, it's like so. Yeah, I always give LeBron credit for that. I'm yeah. always surprised because people are like. Look at, you know, like someone, you know, is like, you're like an engineer, like, well, if I had a hundred million dollars, you know, it's like, yeah, you'd probably be an asshole. You know, <laughs> it's hard not to be like, Bill Murray has a famous quote about, it. he's like, when you become famous, you have like a year, two years to be an asshole. After that, it's on you. Yeah. You and know? and it, that was about um, Chevy Chase, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Someone was just on uh, Howard Stern, who was it? Uh, someone was on Howard Stern talking about Chevy Chase. He's a and, horrible yeah, dickhead. He's like, but what's so funny is like, Chevy Chase never changed. You know what I mean? Like when he was he was this young guy, uh, he was like an asshole to everybody, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's so clever, that's so funny." But he got older, and he was still an asshole. And everyone's like, "Man, he's an asshole." He's an asshole. But he was yeah. always the same. He's always been an asshole yeah. to everybody. So anyway, like the the yes, uh, Mario back Pemba to these Rodell, announcers. These guys. So Mario Pemba's got a broadcaster that came up through the ranks. This is usually what happens in sports, like what Howard Cosell called the jockocracy, mm -hmm. is like it shifted from people working their way up as broadcasters to like, oh well, the audience doesn't give a shit. They're like they want a former athlete who really knows the game. 
game. Right. So I'm, you know, like I know that they don't. I like I said in media circles, it's been well known for many years that these guys don't like each other. <laughs> it's funny. Like it's one of the first things I said. Like, oh yeah, these guys. Like yeah, you know, they don't like each. They other. They don't like each other. Like, oh, this is great. And when people say, I like you know, people say, I really like the Tigers. I like that uh, broadcasting. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, they hate each other's guts. <laughs> and then they just get to play. Like really? No. I'm like, oh yeah. And but so the fight it all came to a head yeah, what, like a week ago. Yeah, a week ago. So I guess they were in the booth during a game, and there was a, a, some sort of fight about a chair. One of them has I can't remember which one has a favorite chair. Okay. And the other one was sitting in it. I see. And, and they're like, "Fucking get out of my chair!" Yeah. So from what the media accounts, I don't know if that's true. Uh, Mario and Pemba got up and walked away, and then uh-huh. Rod Allen went after him and started choking him. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the media account. And then they got into it. What I thought was interesting was the Tigers suspended both of them for the, for the rest, the rest of, the, of the year. The rest of the year. Um, Tensions are high in yeah, Tiger and, Town. Like, I don't know if you remember um, briefly, like, this is like years ago, but they started doing a three man booth. Or they, I think they brought in Kirk Gibson mm-hmm. for a while, you know? And I think the idea was like, okay, we're going to transition out Rod Allen, or, you know, like Rod Allen was not happy about that. Yeah. Uh, but he is a former player. So I kind of understand him because it's kind of going back to the Le- LeBron thing. People kissing your ass your whole career, and then you're well liked. You know, he does yeah. commercials. Uh, and. And so I get that where he's going to, like, you know, put that job in jeopardy. He probably has money. But Mario and Pemba, it's like, <laughs> he's a guy I have to guess. It's like, it's just like journalism. When he you just start out snapped. in broadcasting, you start out with, like, like minor league teams and, you know, like all these podunk places riding the, the bus with the, you know, the AAA farm. Yeah, park. he's at, like. And, and so he, like, he knows, like, any announcer, like, that, you don't get to, to get to that height is, like, I mean, that's like a unicorn. Those are, those jobs are coveted. Yeah. You know, and the thing There's is, only too, 30 of them, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, and you know, once you get there, you can have that job, you know, because it's like brand loyalty. People like Ernie Harwell, when they got rid of him, people lost their minds. You know, it's like he could have had that job till he was like seventy years old, uh-huh. you know, and he might still, you know, but uh, but the, so the fact they suspended both of them yeah. tells me that Mario wasn't just like get off of me, yeah, you know, which I would have they been like, almost they almost came to blows, right? They I think almost, they did come to they, blows. They, they yeah. were punching each yeah, other. Yeah, it was a fight. I mean, to me, Man, it indicates to, it was a fight because to they be in that press box, yeah. Man, that would have been great. Uh, so yeah, I want. I would love to to be a beat writer for an NFL team in the '60s when there was fucking beer, yeah, in the press box and just like <laughs> just guys smoking cigars yeah. and like talking shit to each Did other. Did you guys ever drink at the daily off the record? Oh. All the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the yeah, not at the games. No, no. I mean, like in the office. Yeah, we would um, because our uh, our uh, we had to put the paper to bed by two. Mm-hmm. So a.m. A.m. Yeah. So we would get that. We would get it all done by like one forty-five, and then go down to the corner store and buy forties. Uh, oh, so you wouldn't do it while you were drinking? Uh, sometimes, but not. Yeah, we would usually. <laughs> we would usually. My, hang out after my first uh, internship was at the small newspaper called the healthcare weekly review in southfield and they would just tell i i just got to hear the glory stories you know mm-hmm. it's like they're like yeah you know back in the old days like uh we would just send out the intern for like a case of beer and then <laughs> drink and put the paper together and this is like the old days where you would like p- you take wax and like paste it onto a, a sheet and then scan the sheet and uh-huh. stuff like that even the seattle times when i started working there they were doing that i couldn't believe how behind the technology was yeah we um the daily used to have the printing press uh, on the first floor, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Um, then uh, at a certain point, we 
um, shipped it out to a printer, a printing press yeah. off campus. This, yeah. I, I think it was the same one that did the news. Okay. Yeah, um, I've never worked at a place where – actually, I take that back. When I first started working at the Seattle Times, they had the printing press in, in there. In there, but then, like, all of it moves up. People would always ask me, oh, you work out in Sterling Heights? I'm like, no, that's where they print the paper. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, going back to Mario and Rod, I'm very curious to see what happens next season. Yeah. They're just going to – well, I think under the – Clean house. Yeah, and... like, well, clean house or get rid of one or both. Yeah. You because know, – But I, why would you want to – uh, work in that environment. Like, why would you want to sit down every day? They play 162 games. Yeah. So those two dudes have to sit down 162 times and sit there for four hours with each other, knowing that they fucking hate each other. Yeah. I would. Well, I would that would be miserable. Yeah, but I mean the money. You the know money. What I mean? yeah. The money. But also, it's, that's yeah. one thing I learned from journalism. I kind of have this rule. I'm like, I don't care if you're an asshole. If you do good work, you yeah. know, like going back to work ethic. I worked with a lot of assholes that oh, did sure. good work. You know, but also I've noticed too that like the I best. I could name a couple. Yeah, people we, in Detroit. Mutual. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, a particular short statured man that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never. I heard what I in working in 14 years of journalism. This person we both know. Uh, oh, I could tell you stories about him, and I didn't Me even too. work in his paper. Me too. And, and uh, but I've I've only heard one person ever say like he's a good guy. <laughs> Everybody else, like hundreds of people. Yeah, I um, love the. Uh, oh man, whatever, whatever. I, will say, I love like, that yeah. he the week that he got put in the like sports writer hall of fame or whatever yeah. was the same week that he fucking lied about he the Mateen been, Cleaves yeah, yeah, he shit. Been, he should have been fired for that. <laughs> yeah, that, that but is, that's that another is, example <laughs> of money. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. he's such a big draw. You know what I mean? He's on a billboard. It's yeah. just like, the, the, that's the thing. If you bend the standards, that's how you weaken, you know, like, yeah. that's why people don't respect journalists. Like, yeah. I think you don't make less, up stuff. Yeah, we're that's, less, yeah, yeah. You don't, I remember I yelled at he a He Jason yeah. Blair the entire national championship yeah. team. I remember I yelled at a reporter once and, we, and the reporter complained to my editors because he put in something, you know, and we actually made up and we're friends now. But he put in a thing like saying, like, all it was like a high school story about like, uh, like all the doubters said he couldn't do it, you know. And that was like, that's just something you read in like an ESPN story. I'm like, this kid's in high school. Who are the doubters? Who are his doubters? And, yeah. like, and then I asked him, and he's like, well, I mean, there's not really doubters, you know. Like, I'm just saying that, you know. And I'm like, dude, you can't, you can't, you can't say something that isn't true. Like, I can't believe I'm telling you this. Yeah. And then he got mad, but. Uh, all the doubters. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's, you know, that's that's an example. Yeah. So, but I will say, uh, especially the Detroit News, like uh, Seattle, there were some couple of assholes. Uh, in Detroit, I mean, everyone was pretty, like, like Wojo, a great guy. Oh, I love Wojo. Terry, yeah. But I mean, like. Uh, Angelique. Terry, yeah, Angelique, great. Love amazing. Angelique. Uh, very I'm trying nice. to get her uh, to come in here. Yeah, you should. She, she might yeah. be good. Uh, maybe once we're a little more cleaned up. Yeah. Like a little, <laughs> yeah. This is almost like a murderer. You know, uh, like there's a lot of wood paneling and yeah. uh, baffling. But uh, yeah, Terry Foster before he retired, super nice guy. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like the Tom Gage. Even uh, um, even instigators. I know like uh, Drew Sharp, RIP, yeah. was built a career on being an instigator. Yes. But he was such yeah. an awesome dude yeah like we would do a thing uh where terry foster and uh drew sharp would do like a joint like uh football video yeah or sports video every week so i got to talk to him he was always a super nice guy mm -hmm. and that's that's what i find too it's like with writers like usually the best writers are the people that are the nicest and they're the most open to commentary yeah. like well you have like, to like i would tell wojo like he's not gonna listen to like like or take up every suggestion i yeah. have like i'll be like is this that he'd be like Okay, like, but he'll listen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's always been very good about that. Very grateful if you catch a mistake. But typically, the worst writers are like, "Don't change a fucking thing. You're out to get me." Yeah, you, know? you have to it's be like, personable. You have yeah. to get people to open up to you. Yeah. And you can't do that if you're a dick. Like, exactly. like, uh, and you're not perfect. I mean, take the Rick Riley. Story. Yeah, yeah. 
Rick Riley was an awesome columnist. Yes. Because he put in the work and he reported his ass off on those columns. Mm -hmm. And they were awesome to read. And by the time he signed his last contract or whatever, and he's making an obscene amount of money, yeah. he didn't want to report. Yeah. Like, there's stories of him walking into the press box at a University of Florida football game with two, like, underage girls on his arm. Or, like, two very young yeah, girls yeah. on yeah, his arm. Be careful, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly having yeah. two very young girls on his Rick arm. Rick Riley, human trafficker. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Uh, uh, yeah, but two, like, co-eds. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, hey, I'm Rick Riley. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, and those columns are terrible to read. Yeah. Those, uh, like, after... You can tell when he didn't want to do the work anymore and just, like... He would have a column about watching Tiger Woods play golf from his TV. Yeah. Oh, I remember oh. that. Yeah. I remember that people calling him out or recycling parts of his old column. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, it's funny. Like, we're talking so much shit about sports, but at the end of the day, I still love sports. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think there are real, you know, moments where it has a chance to, like, elevate and, like, you know, give people hope. But that's the thing. I think that's why people are so much more invested in sports now yeah. is because there's so much less hope in society. You know, it's like, <laughs> of, like, you know, I'm never going to get out of debt. I'm yeah. never going to have a good job. My job is going away, you know. So I'm getting can't my team just win yeah, one exactly. goddamn just, game? Just give me this one thing. I don't want to, <laughs> you know, because it's entertainment. It's like, you don't, it's almost like if you're watching, like, you know, Fast and the Furious, which I know you love. I love them. Uh, and uh, then, then hearing, like, uh, oh, you know, Vin Diesel, like, you know, kicks dogs. You know, it's like, you don't want to hear that. You just want to, you yeah, know. Just wanna... <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, sports is entertainment, yeah. and we don't treat it like that. We treat it like religion. That's true. Yeah. I, I actually give you credit because you're one of the few people I know that's like a diehard Michigan, you know, like Pragmatist. a fan of any sport. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I was like, because usually, and I'm like this about the Lions too. Like, I unfortunately am a Lions fan. Mm -hmm. and, e and even though like knowing like the, the culture around that team and just like, I just think they're destined to be losers as long <laughs> as the Ford family owns them. That was a real bummer on Monday. Uh, yeah, yeah. I had friends texting me from my old friends from Seattle, be like, "Hey, sorry, man." Not even like making fun of me. They were just like, "I'm so sorry." I'm just like, so real yeah. downer." I know that's, that was worse. I was like, that, you "Just make fun of me." It's um, uh, yeah. I can't imagine. Just like you don't. That's the last thing you want to happen on your first game. Yeah, you have the new national coach. spotlight. Yeah. first game as a new coach, new regime. Let's see it. There's excitement. Could be maybe this is the the, uh, the shot in the arm this team needed. Yeah, and then to have that happen. Uh, uh, oh man. Such a you know, but that's the lines. It's like, but every year going into the season, like, okay, maybe Matt Patricia's going to do it. They have the front office guy from the Patriots now. They have yeah. the coach, but it's like, you know, and then again, speaking of like, you know, controversies, that whole, you know, sexual assault controversy with him, you know, about yeah. like, well, he does, like, well, he's never charged, but it's like, yeah, but you, you know. Just Google him once. Yeah. When you're, when you put that much money into a person, Google him. Yeah. And the Lions got mad at the, the reporter. Yeah. You know, it's just like, no. fuck you. Google. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Again, not his fault. He's, all he did was Google your coach. Yeah, that's the you thing I would say. The same like, thing. People, people love the truth. They really do. They yeah. love to hear the truth, but they hate to hear the truth about themselves mm -hmm. and the things they care about. Then you're an enemy. <laughs> that's why journalists are hated. You yeah, know? yeah. That's the thing. Like I would get, you know, I've gotten hate my share of hate mail. You know, and I was always surprised by that. We're like, oh, we found out this baseball player has been beating his wife, or he has a drinking problem. They're like, you know, just leave him alone. Just, you know what yeah. I mean? He tries hard and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, why are they doing this? But it's like, oh, because their identity, their hope is, that's that's the thing. It's like, if you're fucking with people's hope, yeah. you know, then you're not going to be liked. But then also I learned it's like, oh, it's okay not to be liked. I can live with this. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I want to be loved, but I can live without being loved. It's fine. Uh, I have another funny journalism story. Yeah, go. Um, when 
Dave Brandon fired Rich Rod. I was working at a magazine covering U of M sports. Yeah, yeah. You should just like for so Dave Brandon was the athletic. director. He was the athletic director. Rich of, Rodriguez was a coach. Yeah, now coach at uh, Arizona. No, he oh, got fired. Fire? Oh, yeah, right. he yeah, got he fired because he he had a bunch of weird stuff, like in yeah. his packet of information for his assistant coaches. It said like, don't share too much with your wife. Oh really? Like that. well, yeah, that's right. Was he, was uh, Arizona he was cheating State? on uh, so he Arizona. Got replaced by Herm Edwards. No, he got replaced by um, Kevin Sumlin at Arizona. Oh, Arizona. That's right. I'm getting him mixed yeah. up. Yeah. Um, um, Formerly of Texas A&M. Uh, so Dave Brandon was the former CEO. Uh, he played football at Michigan mm-hmm. for Bo Schembechler. Yep. Michigan a, man. Michigan man through and through. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the CEO of Domino's Pizza, uh, <laughs> and he <laughs> he brought a bunch of like corporate. Um, strategy to uh, the U of M athletic department. Yeah, but this is still uh, this was in the phase that everybody loved Brandon. Yeah, because he came in and he made a bunch of decisions that made uh, uh, that seemed to be right. He got rid of Rich Rod. Yeah, everybody hated him from the beginning, really, just because he wasn't a Michigan man. I mean, Rich Rod. Yeah, like he. I mean, he didn't. Not that he did things great, but yeah, uh, he that guy never had a chance. No, no, which is stupid. Um. Uh, but so this is still a phase where everybody loves Brandon. Yeah. But um, uh, so he uh, little more drawn out, drawn out um, coaching search than mm-hmm. anybody would have liked. But I was sitting at home watching the national championship game, and uh, we get re- we get word that Brandon is on his way back from interviewing a coach, and he's gonna land at Willow Run and. Oh, Andy, we need you to go out there, catch him off the plane, and see how it went. I, I, if I if memory serves, it was not Brady Hoke. It was somebody else. You know, it could have been Brady Hoke, though, that he interviewed. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember, too. Because they were considering, like, I know Les Miles was in the mix for that. But he, they were like, he's going to stay at LSU. He's not going to leave. That was uh, the Rich Rod one. Oh, okay. Uh, um, pretty quickly off the bat, Brandon said he wasn't going to hire Les Miles. Oh, okay. And there's some shit there that I would love to share with you off there if okay, you're interested. Yeah, absolutely. I love this shit. I <laughs> yeah. love talking I, shit. I, I don't feel comfortable saying uh, yeah. you certain wanna, things on there. You don't want to bankrupt Planet Ant <laughs> for libel or slander, um, I guess, technically. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's not if it's true, but I don't... Yeah. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't need to... Uh, I just don't need to go there. But um, I think it, maybe it actually was Brady Hoke. Uh, but he was flying back from interviewing a coach. You got to go catch him off the plane yeah all right great so i drive out to willow run i've never been there it's a rinky dink ass airport it's tiny so i pull into the parking lot there are no cars anywhere there's like no lights everything looks like it's shut down down and dead and closed um so i walk up to a front door and it swings open there's no lights on uh and it's very clear to me that it's not like the lobby of the uh, airport. airport. It's like the offices of the airport. <laughs> and I, it, the door opened. There's no lights on inside. And I just, I walked in like, all right. Yeah. And I started going Great down security. this. security. Yeah. I, but I started going down this uh, airport hallway. And every step I'm like, oh my God, I am trespassing in, effects, the, I'm yeah. in the private area of an airport. This is not even uh, the lobby. This isn't, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And ever, I'm, I'm just like, I'm going to be on the no fly list. That's kind of like what was going through my head. Why am I here? 
I get to the end of the hallway and I try a door and it's unlocked and I go in, it's an office, somebody's office and there's a bowl of fruit salad on the table. Oh, so recent. Like so yes, it, I, I'm like that in my head was like, oh my God, there is somebody else in this building yeah. and they're going to catch me and arrest me and I'm never going to be able to fly again. <laughs> <laughs> I freaked out and I literally sprinted back to my car Drove home. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> drove home. Um, uh, yeah, got really I got on the message board of our ma- uh, of our magazine. It was like, I'm sorry. I trespassed in the airport. I was not in the right place, clearly. And I freaked out. I told the whole story up. I, and I told, said about the fruit salad. Like, I saw the fruit salad, and yeah. it freaked me out because I knew somebody else was in the fruit building. Salad. So everybody on the message boards for the rest of my time uh, that I worked at this magazine called me fruit salad. <laughs> Would they like leave fruit salad on your desk to see if you get scared? And then the mo- the next morning, I woke up to see all the the quotes from like Angelique and Nick Baumgartner. They were so on they the other side of the airport, airport where the where the plane landed, and oh, they man. all figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing too is like they expect you to know so much going into yeah. like, journalism. It's just like you have no fucking idea and you're terrible. Like I was so, I probably edited stories and did things for three years at the Seattle Times before I felt like I wasn't going to get fired. <laughs> yeah. I was like scared every day. Yeah. Like, and just like, it would take me like an hour to write a headline because I would think so much about it. You know? and <laughs> now I just like, it's a couple seconds. Did you, uh, were you pretty pumped? Uh, were you kind of waiting for something that, in Detroit to open? Did you want to come back home or did yeah, it just you like know, work out the, that way? I always wanted to live on the West Coast. Uh, so, you know, and basically lied to my parents. So they were just like, I'm like, well, I can't get a job in Michigan. Wow. You know what I mean? Uh, but I mean, I always tell them it's like they moved, you know, from India to here. I'm like, me moving across the country is nothing. Yeah. You know? But they're, you know, they're bummed out about it. But uh, yeah, like I would say the first, I lived there like seven years. Like, so the first six, and like I said, the residency was four years, but they hired me after two. And that okay. was a crazy day because they kept me. There was a, a, a group of residents. I think there were like 10 residents, mm-hmm. like around that. And one day they called all of them into the office, except for me and another guy, Danny O'Neill. Uh, and they fired them. All. Oh, no. Yeah, they were like, well, they're like, we're not going to like, you know. Uh, let you go because of money. So this is like the beginning of cuts. Yeah. You know? Like I got, I got there right in, right in time, you know, for like, yeah. and they kept me, they're like, we want to hire you. And, uh, as a full-time person, they hired Danny O'Neill and everybody else was just like, yeah, sorry. And so I worked there and I was like, I'll just live here for a couple of years, like two years, yeah. you know? And I, but I really love that desk. I'm still tight. I'm going to Las Vegas. Uh, next week we kind of almost have a reunion every oh, year. Cool. So with people from that paper, uh, like a group of like 12, 15 of us. And, so every year when I would go, I go back like twice a year, uh, except for the first year when I was on strike. That's a whole other story where it's like, why the <laughs> fuck did I get into journalism, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, you know, and then when I go back, I'd be like, okay, you know, I'll see you later. But like that sixth year around there, I felt like a real pang, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, like I... I, I want to go back to Michigan, you yeah. know, and then I had had chances, you know, like, uh, I'd talked to the free press about something. It didn't work out. Uh, and some other, like, I think the Oakland press, but, um, then I, then the Detroit news, this is a, like the macabre, uh, world of journalism on their desk. They had two people die in three days. Mm. Uh, one guy of a heart attack, another guy had been sick for a while. And then my old boss from Seattle was like, yeah, it's a terrible thing, but you know, I know you want to go back to Detroit. You should put your name in there. And I had known people. And, yeah. Uh, so I got the job. So, and part of it was Seattle is so great, you know, like it's a great place to live and the people are great, but it's like nobody ever leaves. Right. So if I, 
like I know people that are still on that desk that are still copy editors, which is fine. But it's like I wanted to learn design. I was like very interested in the internet. So you had no chance to move up in the world. No, yeah. not really. I mean, maybe now after if I had worked, I would have been working there eighteen years now or something. But uh, so Detroit offered me all that and a chance to be you know near my family. But it's yeah. funny too. It's like Michigan has a real inferiority complex if you've never lived outside of it. Like I know so many people that have lived in like people in Michigan are nice. You know, there was a guy uh, Matthew star or something he just did a show here at planet yeah. man uh and he said what his comment coming off stage was the people were so nice you know like in welcoming i thought they were going to be total assholes because it's, <laughs> it's detroit yeah but i'm telling you people in michigan are nicer you know <laughs> not to say people in Seattle are assholes but there's like a standoffishness yeah. i think like you go in a bar like if a car breaks down on the side of the road you will see far fewer people stopping to help in yeah. michigan they do they're just nicer and it, and when i i did like a eight hour interview with the detroit news like an all-day interview and i talked to a bunch of different people and all of them every single one said why are you moving from seattle to detroit you know <laughs> and i'm just like you know it's like my family's here and yeah you know, this, this things matter it's more opportunity what the fuck like, is wrong yeah with but you it was just like it's so funny you know but i've talked to other people and they encounter that it's like michigan is a good place you yeah. know what i mean i like michigan and i've never i yeah. I, I did an internship in uh boston mm-hmm. That's the only time I've lived outside of yeah. Michigan in my whole life. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I mean, I recommend it to anybody for yeah. a little while because you, you grow to appreciate it. It's yeah. Like, it's a good thing. So, yeah, I wanted to come back to Michigan, but also it wasn't like I was ready to come back to Michigan. Yeah. And I really don't want to live. I mean, I would say, like, I've had chances to work, like, in L.A. and stuff like that. But it's like, eh, I mean, it's more money, you know, but it's like, that's like it's not, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I know a lot of people, especially growing up Indian, I know you know, my fair share of like miserable doctors and wealthy engineers and, you know, physical therapists. It's Mm -hmm. like, do what you want. Even in Wayne State, like all the Indian kids I went to school with were like, you know, wanting to be doctors. I was a weirdo because I wanted to do journalism. (laughs) But you see all those people change, you know, as time goes on, they don't get in medical school. I know two guys that kill themselves, you know, like because they didn't get in medical school or not the one guy got into a DO school with the doctor of osteopathy instead of an MD medical school and he he hung himself. Oh my God. Yeah. Another guy applied to one medical school and he didn't get in and he, uh, well, he killed himself in the garage with, like, carbon monoxide, you know? It's just, like... Not worth yeah, it. Yeah, especially when you're young. <laughs> like, I always tell people, like, if you're going to kill yourself, wait till you're, like, 31. Yeah, then age, you're, like, you know? I... You've got I, a chance I, to, like, you know, maybe make a life change. Yeah, whatever. I had a chance to peak. I'm 31. I missed it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. like... But there, there's so much, you know, I'm always sad when I, extra sad when I hear about a kid in high school yeah. or, you know, college or whatever, killing like themselves. There was one, there, uh, like a seven-year-old, like, hung himself with a belt or yeah, something Yeah, because he like came that. out as gay and he was getting yeah. bullied. Yeah, I'm Oof. like, oh, that fucking sucks. You just want to say it's like, but I understand that, like, especially when you're in school, you feel like this is the this whole This is the world. light, yeah. Yeah, like, if it, yeah, and you think, it, think it's never going to be. This is a fumbling around PSA. Yeah. Kids, don't kids, kill yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know, kids don't kill yourself. But if you do, listen to every episode of this podcast. You know? <laughs> all this is fifty-one. Yeah. All right. Congrats. Fifty-one. Um, so Michigan played last night or yes. la- uh, last afternoon. Mm-hmm, they played mm-hmm. at three thirty. Yeah. SMU. What was the spread? Uh, thirty-six by kickoff. Mm-hmm, they yeah. went all the way up to 36, and Michigan won by 25. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I saw the score, and I was like, oh, I thought it would be bigger. Me but... too. Um, but the offense looked good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shea Patterson is such a crazy upgrade from anything they've had at quarterback. I was going to say, this is the first time in the Harbaugh era that I'm like, oh, they actually have a guy. You know, like, yeah. you know, like someone that can make those big throws. So, yeah, come, when he came in, they didn't have anybody proven on the roster. They brought in Jake Rudock from Iowa. Mm-hmm. And throughout the 2015 season, he turned into a guy 
like it's like that's a hardball quarterback by yeah. the end of the season. Uh, and then he got drafted by the Lions. So, yeah. um, which is surprising because Harbaugh is known as a quarterback guy. Yeah, and this is the first time he's really, you know, like, yeah, I feel like he's had it. You know, like, well, so that, so he he developed Rudock into that guy. Yeah, in one the one year he had him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wilton Spate was one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the country in 2016, and then he separated his shoulder against Iowa. Yeah, and he turned or he finished that season on a real down note. And he tra- he transferred too, right? He yes. Um, 2015, he broke a vertebrae in his back, and then the backups just didn't have it. Mm-hmm. So that's what everybody remembers. Yeah. Is, this is the way last year played out. But he has done good things with quarterbacks. And now Shea Patterson. Is, but the one thing that I still don't friggin' understand is it's been a decade since Michigan had a good offensive line. Yeah, and that is still, surprising. Still, um, you know, it was SMU. And Shea Patterson was running around. Mm. The one time he had uh, just all day to sit back in the pocket and throw, he threw like a 45-yard touchdown to Donovan Peoples-Jones. But he was – they're doing a lot of waggle stuff. They're moving him out of the pocket. He's moving himself out of the pocket out of necessity. So he's not a pocket passer really? He's a scrambler? He's very accurate throwing on the run. Okay. Uh, And they're using that to their full advantage because the offensive line just can't give him – the time he needs yeah. right now. That's the thing. That's what's so funny about football. It's like really the key to the sport is people you don't even know. You know, it's yeah. like those lines, you know, what uh, yeah. Keith Jackson used to call the big uglies. The big up, uglies. Up it's John Runyon Jr. and Juwan Bushel Beatty are the tackles right now. Mm-hmm. And they're both. Uh, Runyon uh, legacy, like his father run, yeah, was a star it, yeah. in the NFL and here. And so. at Michigan, yeah. yeah. Did he, what, didn't he run for office? Did he win? Is that right? I, I don't in, like, remember. Pennsylvania, I think he ran for office. I don't remember. Probably, yeah. That could very well be. Yeah. Um, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Next app. Yeah. Um, but they're both um, like veteran upperclassmen who have never made it on the field. Mm. And they're there now. And they've got a couple of talented youngsters that are like right behind them. And at this point, I'm just like... Maybe it's a tiny step back initially yeah. to play these young guys, but if their ceiling is so much higher, then we know who John Runyon and John Bush are, yeah. and it's not enough. Yeah. So why not try the young guys? And Harper is a good recruiter, so I mean, yeah. you know, so yeah. Uh, that's what I mean, though. You're, like, very level-headed. A lot of people, most other Michigan or any sports fan, they're like, this is it, man. I don't want to hear about it. But I remember talking to you about the season. You're like, they were, yeah, you know, they have the toughest schedule in the nation. Yeah, they do. And it's that a whole part <laughs> is still coming. They they lost to Notre Dame, and Notre Dame in the last two weeks has beaten Ball State by eight points and Ver, uh, Vanderbilt by five. Yeah. there's That's not a world-beating team. No. So that – loss is looking worse and worse every week. Yeah, that's the other thing. If you don't follow college football, uh, it's like how the team that beats you does actually helps <laughs> or hurts you, Yeah, which is probably unlike any other sport. It's like <laughs> unlike – because that's why you need a true playoff. Yeah, it's, you know it's I mean? such a small season. Yeah. Um, it's a th- it's three-quarters of the size of the NFL season. Yeah. There's so many few data points, so you got to go off everything. Yeah, it's crazy. So, like, if Notre Dame goes, like, you know, runs the table and beats these big teams, that looks it's good. actually good for Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, uh, the defense had some holes. There was this dude on SMU, James Prochet. I don't know 
what NFL like I don't know what his status is or whatever. I don't know what his productivity outside of this game is. Yeah, but but yeah, he looked like one of the best receivers <laughs> in the country. He had hey. eleven catches for 166 yards and two scores yeah. yesterday. Oh, there's some great receivers that have come out uh, like you know uh, yeah. lower tier schools. For yeah, sure. so Hall he he was uh, Michigan has a very good defense and has a very good secondary, and mm-hmm. he was open all day. It was wild. Uh, I haven't seen anything because uh, the last two years the secondary has been pretty much locked down. Yeah. So, I'm also glad Michigan got rid of they got rid of the legacy number thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Thank I God. hated that thing. Me too. Oh, that was so stupid. <laughs> it's like, hey, we're gonna honor this guy who's yeah. never retired by bringing the number back. Yeah. Like, Harbaugh also kind of got rid of the number one jersey thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was another stupid thing. Yeah. Where, like. Uh, Again, it's like this thing of like Michigan is really. I mean, I'm a Michigan fan. Yeah. You know, not to your level, but and again, much less than I was as a child because just dealing with all these places. Yeah. You know, it's. I mean, it was just like they are really full of themselves. Yeah. You know oh yeah. I mean? It's just like, <laughs> and it's like it, that's part of the charm. Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. arrogant. <laughs> but it's like, that's the thing. It's like they haven't. To me, it's like you know, Harbaugh is great, but you still have to beat Ohio State, and you know. They, oh yeah. Yeah. They haven't done it. And I don't um, know if they'll do it again this year. You know? I don't know. Um, but. Uh, so I will say I like Harbaugh. Me, me too. Michigan is up twenty five points late in the fourth quarter, um, um, and it's not going. You know, it's not. They didn't close out that game as smoothly as they yeah. could have. It was, it was what it was thirty eight. It was thirty five seven at one point, mm-hmm. and and SMU went on a little run. Um, but so yeah, they didn't close out that game as well as they could have. But the lady in front of me turns around at one point and says. Are they going to get rid of Harbaugh at the end of this year? <laughs> <laughs> They're winning by 25 points. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's almost like the, the corporate uh, attitude you yeah. know I mean? that's in college sports. It's like, just like if, if you're like not, a, a billion dollar company, yeah. if, you, if you, you make the same amount of money from quarter to quarter, then you'll, you're stuck. Then it's bad. Yeah. yeah. So it's like. You're, you're like, as a CEO, you're probably better off tanking your first quarter so that you can build from there i think just the biggest change is before harbaugh i think people were resigned about michigan football yeah like yeah i like it but you know tough but like i think with harbaugh people are excited about michigan football we just gotta yeah gotta uh i'm done having like to like making preseason expectations about any of these teams because that it it just happens it happens every year but at this point they have to win something it's they haven't won a big 10 championship since 2004 yeah so uh they have to um, but good news, they might not have looked as good as they should have, but they, uh, they had, uh, DPJ had three touchdown catches. Um, the, um, starting running back was out with an injury and they still were able to move the ball a little bit on the ground. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the big 10 Took a big old steaming pile of shit yeah. all over Saturday. Wisconsin, man, Brigham Young. Yeah, I was so listening to the episode got... last week's episode, and you're like, "Wisconsin, that was your pick." You're like, yeah. "Wisconsin, they're road graders." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I, "And BYU is not a good program no. right now. They have no. taken a significant dive since like three or four years ago." Yeah. But we've got Temple thirty-five, Maryland fourteen, Kansas. One of, Wait, did anyone die on the Maryland side during the game? <laughs> thank God, well, that, no. Well, that's a victory. Yeah, Isn't it's a, a victory? victory for Maryland yeah. that nobody died. Um, Kansas, one of the worst Power 5 programs in the entire country for the last five years. 55, Rutgers 14. Oh, shit. Oof. 
Troy, 24. Nebraska, 19. South Florida, 25. Illinois, 19. BYU, 24. Wisconsin, 21. Akron, 39. Northwestern, 34. Missouri, 40. LeBron's Purdue, 37. Yes. Akron has not beaten uh, – uh, uh, the last time they beat a team that is part of the Big Ten – uh, was before the Big Ten existed. Yeah. Did uh, they, you see yesterday Kentucky beat Florida for the first time in like That was last years? week. Oh, last week? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just read a headline. Yes. There. But uh, Akron beat Ohio State in 1894, the year before the Big Ten formed wow. as a conference. And they have not done uh, – And, yeah, crazy. That, that's the thing. Like, people – a lot. well, the Big Ten was saying they're the best conference coming in because they had a great bowl season. This, was, blah, 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 you know, this like, was an unbelievably – shitty week for the yeah. conference so yeah. i'm you know like i'll take a 25 yeah. point win that's what um pj fleck was saying the same thing in his p- press conference they he's the minnesota coach row the and row they the, boat. the row in the boat uh that, they beat, talk about like dumb branding things where he like you he know had to get permission or pay money to yeah. take his row the boat thing and to, that it, it's not westerns yeah um it's his you, you it know is, the story behind so it funny. uh it has I to read do with the yeah, death of his child oh i didn't know that yeah that's um um like like the whole story behind the mantra. Did his child die drowning or something? Or? Uh, I believe maybe. Wow. Um. Um. So yeah, it's not westerns. It's yeah. definitely his. But the fact that there was even an argument about it, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just like, ugh, yeah, you know, like but why they, do you? Yeah. Um, they beat Miami of Ohio by twenty some points, and in his press conference, he's like. You know, I walk in the locker room and there's some guys hanging their heads. Like, look at the rest of the conference, guys. Yeah. Like, celebrate this win. Yeah. Who cares if we were supposed to win by yeah. 40 or whatever? But that's why, like, the college football system, you know, like the the lack of a playoff system. And it's not – it has nothing to do with, like, logistics or yeah. what they talk about. It's straight money. Yeah. You know? It's like these bowl games are like little fiefdoms and with boards and, like, you know, bribes and all that shit. And, like, they don't want to give that up. Yeah. But, I mean, the playoff proves that you can still have it. You know, just there, not on that yeah. level. And so, not everybody deserves to play in a bowl game. Sorry. Um, there is not a team in the Big Ten that hasn't had a somewhat disappointing outcome this year. Yeah. There's two only two teams left. Or no, that's not true. Ohio State. There's two teams left that have a legit, like... Playoff. Playoff aspirations that are still undefeated. Uh, Penn State, who went to overtime with Appalachian State in the first game of the year. And Ohio State who let Oregon State score almost 40 on them, and Oregon State is uh, straight hot garbage. Yeah. Um, so there's not a team in the uh, conference that hasn't look, looked um, off at yeah. least once this year. Uh, that being said, uh, Ohio State and Penn State have seemed to have both figured some things out. Yeah, they seem like the class of the Big Ten right Yeah, now. I really thought that well, we were going to see Penn State take a dip this year. Um, cause, uh, Joe Who's, Moorhead's gone and Barkley's gone. And Barclay's gone. Um, so James Franklin is a huge goober. I don't think he's a good in-game coach at all. Oh, really? Uh-uh. Um, I was at the, the Michigan Penn State game, the head to head Franklin, Brady Hoke debacle. Mm. James Franklin to me is Brady Hoke who made one genius offensive coordinator hire. I and see. that guy's gone now. I still think there's plenty of. Uh, chances for him to um, fuck up their season. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, maybe yesterday was a little bit disappointing for Michigan, but in the grand scheme of things, um, they're in an okay spot. Their next three games are against uh, Nebraska, who just lost to Troy. 
yeah. not good. There was a great uh, stat on SportsCenter about Scott Frost, who I will always blame. Like, there's no reason, like, for old, you know, time Michigan State fans. Like, he should have been a PR guy because basically his campaigning got Nebraska to share the national yeah. championship with Michigan back in the day. They, yeah. had, they had, like, a miracle game that, they, you know, it was like this end zone bobble catch that won them the game. Yeah. I'm still salty about Me it. Me too. It's like, it's like, he basically just said, we deserve it. And the media's like, yeah, okay. But, like, it was no logical choice. But anyway, they were saying uh, he was a quarter. Former quarterback at uh, Nebraska, and he lost two times as a starter uh, during his tenure. He's already matched that as a coach. Yeah, <laughs> in, like, in two games. In two games. Yeah, I, I am kind of dreading next week. I really, really don't want his first win as a Nebraska head coach to be in Michigan Stadium. Because yes. There is this. There is. There's always going to be that weird tension between these two programs because of '97. He was the coach. His mom signed up for the magazine that I used to work at. Oh yeah. Signed up for our message boards one time to talk shit about how much we <laughs> used to talk shit about Scott Frost. <laughs> uh-huh. um, um. So yeah. Uh, that's next week. They lost to Troy this week. After that, it's at Northwestern, who just face planted against Akron. Yeah. And after that. Uh, it's Maryland who looks like trash, uh, and then Wisconsin who just lost to BYU. Yeah. So um, who knows? That that's um, that's doable. How many season tickets does your family have? Six. Wow. And how uh, long have they had them for? We've had four since before I was can remember. Mm-hmm. Since I was like two. Are they inherited from like your grandparents? Yes. Or okay. So my grandma and grandpa had them, and we used to be directly behind. The north end zone uprights, like fourteen rows from the state from mm-hmm. the field, uh, and then we moved up because my they were having trouble getting down there. Because mm-hmm. if you don't know, uh, they dug Michigan Stadium is basically just a giant bowl. Yes, uh, and they dug it down instead of building it up. So from the outside, especially before they built the luxury boxes, it did not look not imposing all. or impressive at all. And then you walk in. And it's just this massive sea of people. I tell people, even if you're not like a college football fan, you should go to a game at Michigan State yeah. because that experience, because it doesn't look imposing, and just like walk in and there's a hundred and ten thousand people. Yeah, that's like an amazing thing to watch. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's like that mass of humanity. Yeah, you know? it's it's worth it, in my experience. Um, uh, so we moved up, uh, for them because they couldn't get down there anymore. Mm. Uh, and then yes, uh, uh, when my grandpa died, he uh, um. They were it allowed pleased. to, yeah. He was allowed to pass his tickets on in yeah. his will, which Pac- did Pac- not used to be a. Oh, really? That did not. Uh, uh, it was not long before we did that that it was not allowed. Oh, okay. Like if you if you died, you lost your tickets. Yeah, there's not there's a lot of teams like the Packers. That's like a big thing, like big uh-huh. thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, tickets. So like when you add on to season tickets. So my sister and her husband are on the opposite side. Oh, so now. they're not all together. They're yeah four together. Two separate. My sister and her husband got tickets for themselves. And she lives out of state, right? Yeah. So they come back for like half the games. Okay. Um, um, but they got them uh, in hoax last year, mm. which uh, uh, they but, bought them right before they announced Harbaugh as the coach. Okay. And then you, now you can't. There's no more season tickets. So oh, really? They got, yeah. There was a... Is it, so is they, a wait list? There was a famously long wait list for season tickets uh, at Michigan Stadium. Mm-hmm. And they burned through the entire thing. Wow. Between the Richrod and the Hoke years, by the end of Hoke, the entire wait list, which was you could be on for like 
10, 15 years yeah. uh, was gone. Wow. Yeah. So, so my ha- sister and her uh, husband uh, hopped on, bought tickets, and then they um, hired Har- Harbaugh and the wait list mm. shot way up So again. how does Anna play into this? I know she's a huge, huge fan. She's a huge fan, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so, so the um, usually the tickets are uh, me, my mom, my dad, and a fourth. Oh, okay. Uh, a, a family friend or one of my friends oh, or okay. Anna. So they play yeah. in the head. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So who's the biggest? Like you, I know you're a huge Michigan fan. Would you say are you the biggest Michigan fan in your family? Me and my dad. Okay. Yeah. Did your parents go to Michigan too? Or no, they both went to Western. Oh, okay. My uh, my grandparents went to uh, Michigan. Okay. Um, and w- met there, and then um. Oh, that's cool. Um. And your parents met at Western. My parents went to high school together. Oh. And they didn't they started dating in Europe. Their my the high school marching band wow. took a um trip to Europe. And <laughs> that's where wow. they met. Yeah, so they went to Western Shout uh, out to your mom by the way and her candy wreaths. Hell yeah. Like you I hear that mom? I took a screenwriting class uh, a couple years ago and that wreath was up there and we spent every <laughs> class just picking at that wreath. We're like this is really intricate. We would talk about the wreath. <laughs> like, how do you even make this? It's really yeah. cool. And so it's a huge out, hit. Yeah, shout out, Mrs. Reed. I'm a big, big fan of the the wreath. She'll love that. She's a listener. Okay, great. Um, yeah. So I uh, I've been having my guests uh, pick uh, games with me. Okay. I am notoriously bad at picking against the spread. Well, you know, I, I heard like a previous episode. I mean, most people are like in the gambling world. Yes. If you can pick above like fifty five percent or six, like if you if you can pick sixty percent, you're a god. Right. You know. <laughs> right. Uh, so the results are in. Anna beat me. <laughs> okay. Shout she out. last week. I, Anna, I, I listened to that. Episode, she fucking yeah. picked her games based on uniform color combinations. Yeah. Yeah, that's and she went five and three last week against the spread. I went three and five. Yeah, see, you care too much. I care too much. See, I don't follow. I will say, like, I follow NFL more than college football, so my picks will be all bad. That's always what people say is like, um, uh, people who pick their NCAA March Madness pool on which mascot is the best yeah. are the ones that, that win. Well, there's newspapers that used to do things where, uh, I think it was either either the Seattle Times or the Detroit News, one of them. Uh, this is before I worked there. They had a chicken uh, that, that would pick <laughs> the games, and the chicken lived on the roof of the building. <laughs> and so they, they would, like, someone had to take care of the chicken. They would, like, they put, like, corn on a grid and then whatever corn it pecked at. And the chicken beat all the writers. I used know? to do this with... Uh, my cat when oh, i had a okay. cat yeah uh chuckles uh i would put post them on twitter hashtag chuckles picks and i would yeah. put two pieces of paper down with the team names and treats on one yeah, and take yeah. a picture at which one he ate yeah uh and he was pretty good at making picks too uh so for the season i am uh six and nine okay. and the co-hosts are eight and seven okay well maybe i'll catch you up here Andy. yeah so well this week uh we're recording a little earlier Oh yeah, they haven't set the lines. They yet. have not set lines, so we're just gonna pick Do, like, straight money up. Line bets? Okay, we're yeah. just gonna pick straight up, because uh, that's what we've got. Yeah. So Nebraska at Michigan, Scott Frost does not have a win yet. He's um, not gonna Scott have Frost one. does not have a scholarship quarterback. He doesn't deserve. Did one. you hear that? No, I didn't know that. They had what um, happened? They had this true freshman, Adrian Martinez, won the job in camp, and the. The only other scholarship quarterback transferred. 
oh. before the season started. So what happened to Martinez? He got hurt in the first uh. game. So, <laughs> so that was part of why I think Troy beat them is that they I, I don't I don't know what Adrian Martinez's status is yeah. for next weekend. It's complicated. It's complicated. Um um and I think that probably will have some uh, bearing on what this game looks like. Yeah. But uh, if they bring in a walk-on quarterback into Michigan Stadium with uh, Rashawn Gary and Chase Winifich uh, running after him, it could get real ugly. Yeah. If Adrian Martinez is in there, then it's a true freshman's first ever road game. Yeah, in the big house. In the big house, again, with those two ends <laughs> running after yeah. you. I, I'm Michigan all the way, but this is a spite pick. I'm just going to say spite that. Spite pick. I'm still salty about Scott Frost and sharing a national. This is when I can't believe peak. that they won because that Missouri guy, they kicked a f- football. Yeah. That, that kick six or whatever they yeah, call yeah. it. Uh, I'm going to go Michigan to – I'm really uh, – uh, I'm turning into an eternal pessimist. <laughs> uh, yeah. The longer that this – Welcome to the team, brother. I'm like, like the Lions. I still yeah. root for them. I don't know I why. I grew up – in an unbelievable era of Michigan athletics. Yeah. Uh, there were national championships yeah, all was, over the right goddamn there, yeah. place. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least, like, legitimate talk yeah. every year. Um, 1997 was the first time my dad let me go to the Ohio State game. That's a great one to go to. Let you go? Why? Because he was afraid it would get too rowdy? Yeah, because okay. it does get pretty rowdy. Yeah. And I, I was 10. Okay. Even in the – because my experience is going to Michigan games. I would usually go in the student sections. Mm-hmm. And those were rowdy. But, like, the the – the season ticket area yeah. seemed more steady well, because those are people that they knew each I've other. I've been and... going to games since uh, I had to like take a nap in the second half. Oh, okay. But, um, so uh, even the season ticket holders around you get rowdy because you don't sit near. Do you sit near the the rival team allotment? Is no, that like the same no, we're there? in the other end zone. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, I just think like. He didn't want to have a kid there. That's fair. Yeah. D- <laughs> like, Michigan- I'm, I'm questioning yeah. your parents. <laughs> yeah. Like, why wouldn't you take him there? He can handle himself. Uh, um, certainly other f- more, other fan bases are uh, me- uh, louder and meaner and more uh, violent than Michigan's. Mm-hmm. But uh, those games do get pretty fired up. Um, yeah, and I grew up in the John Cooper era. Oh, so sweet, it was, sweet John Cooper. Uh, it was always Michigan- uh, you you know Michigan would Love not that. be as good as Ohio State, and Ohio State would be on the cusp of a national championship, and Michigan would ruin their oh, season. So sweet. People two ten understand. and one. Two ten and one. He was against Michigan. Uh, Ugh. Um. What's that guy doing now? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But what Michigan's only beat them twice since he left. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? Uh, oh, it's so. When I first moved They're to catching Seattle, up. So there's I, I went there with an Ohio State guy, you mm. know, fan, and we'd have a bet every year, like these what I called humiliation bets. Uh-huh. Like if you lost a game, then you had to wear like like the other person would make a poster and you had to hang it over your like monitor ugh. for like six months. And I lost like so many years. Yeah. I was just like, ugh. It was brutal. I know. I don't even want to make bets like that with Ohio State fans because uh, I yeah. can't put like no, I don't I, even I don't do it anymore. I only have like two red shirts <laughs> in my entire wardrobe. I like uh well what's a bumper sticker on your car? I was like is Andy uh, here? Like, I was partnership every... for a Buckeye Free America. Yeah. I was like is Andy here? And then I saw that I was like oh he's here. <laughs> he's here already. Yeah. <laughs> um uh yeah it's rough. Yeah. But Michigan they're gonna I think they're gonna do it this I, week. Yeah I'm uh uh money line back. Even though I am pessimistic about everything with this team, I'm gonna now go you're, Michigan. Now you're a real journalist, Andy. <laughs> I j- yeah, I think I don't think that 
whatever quarterback is is playing for Nebraska, that's going to be a pretty tough situation for them. Oh, that's another funny thing people probably don't know about sports departments is generally they root against teams having good seasons. <laughs> so, like, uh, when I was in Seattle, uh, well, there's exceptions. You know, if the team, like, if the Lions were good, then everybody would, like, root for them. But it's like when the Tigers, for example, uh, were doing good because if they make it to the playoffs in the World Series, that's, like, a month of extra work for yeah. everybody, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. so, like, people would always be like, fuck. You know, like, See, there'll be a couple people, like, diehards will be like, yeah, yeah, but everyone's like, fuck, man, yeah. we're going to make it. I worked for my professional experience uh, in journalism was working for a subscription magazine that was solely about U of M sports. Mm -hmm. So there was a, there was a direct link between team success and money coming in. Yeah. So we like financially needed well, them to be yeah. good. I'm talking more about the old days. Yeah. Now that's more of a thing too. <laughs> yeah. Like the editors yeah. and I'd be like, well, I might keep my job, you know, yeah. because the dealerships, you know, all these places will uh, place much bigger ads during the playoffs yeah. because people want to read it. We needed them to be good or really bad because yeah. um, coaching searches were also great oh, for, yeah. for driving. Also, people need, yeah. need to know everything. Really the thing that I hate about, uh, sports journalism too is like the explosion of recruiting news. I just oh, uh, it. it's like, it's even the draft. Bummer. Even the draft is like yeah. all this like talk about players that like ninety nine percent of them you'll never hear about them again. I really hated. Um, I really hated it. That was my least favorite part. Same is uh, calling tenth graders and talking to them about things that I would have. I like. I know what I was like as a tenth grader. I couldn't yeah. make decisions. Yeah. And these elaborate things of like, you know, which hat is he going to choose? Yeah. And, like... and then like watching people on Twitter and stuff, um, um, uh, you know, like, good luck, dipshit. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, you, you picked Ohio State? Well, wrong fucking choice, you little fucking twerp. Yeah. Like, he's 17. I know. That's going back to LeBron. That's why LeBron is so amazing. Yeah. You know, it's like, like you see, I mean, we both run into those people that have been told they're like a god since they're like in eighth yeah. grade. And it's like, it's very hard to not be warped by that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Michigan State at Indiana. I gotta say Michigan State. Yeah, so Michi I was surprised by their loss, uh, you know, on the West Coast. Again, that was at two in the morning. Yeah. Uh, by the time that game ended, and it was over a hundred degrees. Yeah, but I feel like if any coach, like D'Antonio, he's a coach after my own heart in yes. some respects, and that he's very stoic. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, he's just like, yeah, the fuck that. Indiana you know? is three and zero. Okay. Um, they beat Virginia, which is a Power Five team, but like yeah. you know, not any world beating. I think this is a real indicator indicator game because yeah. I think it's a team they should beat. You know. Uh, yeah. And if they technically, don't, I yeah. think Arizona State was a team they should yeah, have beaten yeah. too. Um, I also think Herm Edwards. They was, almost yeah. they own they escaped Utah State. <laughs> yeah, and they almost beat uh, who's they play last night? San Diego. Arizona, they lost to... Arizona State lost to San Diego State. Yeah. Michigan State, I'm talking no, about. No, 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 but yeah, I'm yeah. just uh, kind of veering a little bit into Herm Edwards territory. <laughs> it's so That is still so bizarre to me. Well, to me, I think that's like analogous to like John Gruden and the Raiders. These yeah. are guys that are like, they were just mediocre coaches. Well, and uh, with one, you know, some... Well, Gruden did win a Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, but with a team that he had nothing to do with, yeah. essentially. But... They're also great talkers. Yeah. You know what I mean? This so, is why Donald Trump is president. Yeah. This is why everybody then, wanted yeah. John Gruden to be their coach. Yeah. Because everybody sees him on TV. Yeah. And then he lets Khalil Mack get away. I don't care what the rationale is. It's like, yeah. it's bullshit. You know, and then, and Khalil Mack said, well, if John Gruden talked to me, I'm like, John Gruden didn't even fucking you didn't call talk you? Talk to you? What the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, that is like, I mean, you saw what he, uh, you saw his first Bear game. He had like, uh, like, 
a four minute sequence where you know he like uh, ran a ball back for a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was just like wow. Yeah, he he's just, a beast. He like earned his contract. I mean, that's like a. I watched him play at University of Buffalo. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's like he's that, a wild you, man. That's you don't see it. So, and that puts more pressure on him. And the Raiders again look like very average, which is what I thought they would be before yeah. Khalil Mack. But Herm Edwards just kind of surprised me. I thought he's like all talk. You know what I mean? But something seems yeah. to be working. It so. was yeah. Well, for the last decade. Every off season, Gruden's name come came up yeah. somewhere in college football. Yeah, it was like he is gonna be a college football coach. He like his wife was a cheerleader at Tennessee, or like this weird tangential relationship. You know, he had like a cousin that went to Michigan. Yeah, his name would come up every year, at, and I think frankly, like yeah, a, I think college a, is a better place for him. Yeah, uh, and then he went the other way. But there was an interesting somebody when the when. Tennessee was going through their disastrous coaching search. His name yeah. again was coming up. Mm-hmm. They they were infatuated with him. Um, all uh, they have been. Yeah. Um, because he's he's likable. You know what yeah. I mean. He's enthusiastic. Yeah. Most coaches are not as enthusiastic as Herm Edwards but or like, John Gruden. Uh, Tennessee's been in a rough spot when they hired Derek Dooley, when they hired Butch Jones, and when they hired Jeremy Pruitt. Mm-hmm. There were these huge Gruden rumors. Yeah. Groomers, they call rumors. Um, uh, but this year somebody like. Uh, interviewed him when the Tennessee search was happening, and he said, "Like, uh, if if I took a college job, we would be under NCAA investigation within two weeks." <laughs> I have no. He was like, "I have no. I have no idea any of the rules. That's true, I'm man. not. I don't want to. I don't particularly don't want yeah. to know the recruiting rules." Uh, we would be in trouble immediately. It's like, yeah. yeah, that's probably true. It's more restrictive, but more forgiving, I think. Yeah. Like, I think there's a bigger culture around, <laughs> like, worship. I think there's more coach worship in college football, for yeah. sure. Uh, oh, but yeah. But for all those reasons, I think Michigan State will beat Indiana. I'm going to go, so. I'm going to go MSU, too. Okay. Oh, yeah. Are you a hater of Michigan State? Uh, I'm a, an supremely annoyed by Michigan yeah. State. But, see, my thing is, is like, Michigan, I'm a Michigan fan, but if they're, it's like you know, like like if the Ohio State loses, I don't really give a shit too much. You know what I mean? Like I maybe I do like on uh-huh. that, but like Michigan State, if they lose, I'm just like whatever. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it like again, uh, if if we could get to a point like 2006 when it was number one Michigan, number one Ohio State, number one, number two Michigan. Yeah. Or you know, that's how it should be. But uh, if it's like first. yes, <laughs> it's like <laughs> these slugfests. That's awesome. Yeah. I also wouldn't mind if I never saw Ohio State win another football game. Yeah. <laughs> um, here, uh, Big Ten. Let's stay in the Big Ten. Uh, Purdue, or uh, or Boston College at Purdue. Oh. Purdue is zero and three. They have lost three games by a combined eight points. Boston College has AJ Dillon who is maybe the best running back in the entire country. Any re- relation to Corey Dillon? I don't think so. Okay. Um, but he, um, yeah, they um, they won again this weekend. Who they beat? Um, I can't remember. Wake Forest. They beat Wake Forest. And some pundits are saying, like, this might be the best, second best team in the ACC behind Clemson, which mm. is wild because Boston College hasn't done shit since yeah. uh, um, Matt price. Ryan was there. Yeah. Oh, this is a tough one. Uh, I think Purdue's always been disappointing, and I don't want to sound like a Big Ten homer, so I'm going to say Boston College. All right. Especially since it's not a spread bet. Actually, have you ever talked about the spread on this podcast? 
Yeah, I usually pick these against the spread. No, no, but me like the actual concept of the spread. I think most a lot of people that even people that gamble a lot on sports don't know like like the spread is not how many points like it's not based on how many points you think the team will win by like casino set that line to it's, get they're trying to maximize bet. people betting on both sides yeah that's so, why yeah so it casino, shifts yeah so uh that's why the spread shifts you know like it's not like a team like if, sometimes it's because of an injury if but yeah, yeah if a team is uh if the spread is seven yeah a team is supposed to win by seven and a bunch of money comes in for the team that's supposed to lose then you'll see this the the spread gap yeah so it'll come down to like four yeah so uh um to kind of even it out so the they basically want even money on both sides right yeah exactly because they get what what casinos and horse tra- uh, racing tracks and anybody that sets a line like that or a spread it's all about the, what they call the handle like mm-hmm. their commission or if you have a bookie it's called the vig or the vigorous but it's the same thing it's like they the idea even a bookie like illegal betting a bookie's idea is to like have the and an equal amount of people. It's like a hedge, you know, mm-hmm. and you're just the middleman. So like when you hear like, Oh, the line is this and it dropped to this, unless there's like a significant injury, that just means a lot of money's coming in on the other side. Yeah. So, cause that's why you'll like when they, when you hear, uh, upsets and you say, oh, Vegas lost a lot of money on this. Like, that's the headline Vegas doesn't want to see. They don't yeah. want to be in the headlines. They just want to be like, okay, like, we, we had a lot of betting, but it was equal on both sides. That's what they're always shooting for. But is, it's funny because they... Is there a commission to place a bet? If you place a $2 bet, you'd like... Yeah, there's always a commission. Okay. Yeah. See, that is... That that's is how the casinos make their money. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't make their money by losing or like a bunch of people losing bets. No, that's bad business because they're that's a lot of like that'll happen and it'll win, but that's bad exposure. What they're it's it's, it's very similar always, to a hedge yeah. fund. So it's it costs, basically it actually so if you bet a hundred bucks and you win, you might get like a hundred ninety five back. Yeah, instead exactly of two hundred. Right. Yeah, I yeah. mean usually you pay the commission up front, but yeah, it, it works like that. Yeah, it's okay. Not, uh, it's a percentage of the bet, uh, or like to to make the bet. Whatever you pay to make the bet, you pay that percentage. Gotcha. Then. And then if you ever use a bookie, which I haven't, but I know plenty of people that do, they call it the vig. But it's the same thing. Even a bookie doesn't want a lot of exposure either way. Yeah. Because it's like you know you don't want to go after people to like you know get get their money. You just want that money up front. And I'm not a gambler. I'm not. I, I play poker a lot, but I do. I'll and I'm gonna do sports betting when I go. But I. Like, that's what I always lose my yeah. money on. It's so people don't understand like that that spread. That's the thing. People think it's like based on the actual like it's only about how because they have an uncanny ability to hit that line. I mean, those guys, it's oh, a yeah. real science, you know. But again, it the the end goal is not to like predict the outcome of the it's game, to drive it's to get betting. people to get to uh, to bet roughly equally. Yeah. So that's my gambling advice, folks. Interesting. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a loser's game. Sports is it's super hard to to pick a winner, yeah. you know what I mean. Even like what I'm saying, like money line bets, that's not a spread. It's like you're betting just a straight up winner. But even that, they adjust the money line. Like if it's a really shitty team, you just can't. Like people are like, well, why can't you bet like a thousand dollars for the lines to lose every game? It's like you still there's still like a version right. of a like the, there's the a odds are different. Odds. So it's like so you know if it's like they're two to one or whatever, you have to bet like two hundred dollars to win a hundred dollars in an in investment. That's not you know if you're in the stock market, that's fine. That's a great return, but you know. Yeah, in gambling, it's a horrible return. Yeah, so there's like, oh uh, uh, yeah, treat gambling is just like sports. Gambling is entertainment. <laughs> you, you can know? bet on Alabama, yeah. but you only you your return is so yeah tiny. There's actually an improviser that uh, I don't know if he wants to be mentioned, but uh, I won't mention his name. But we know him. Uh, he he handicaps baseball games. You yeah, know, and by he, himself. Yeah, to try to like good. track. Yeah, and yeah. I think he actually he puts money on it. So oh yeah, he definitely yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go Boston College too. Okay. We're we're of the same mind here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like I said, Dylan uh, is having a great season already. Purdue 
even though they lost to Missouri last night, might have found their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Uh, I have him on my fantasy team. Oh, okay. And they have been flip-flopping him and Sindelar. But David Blau just broke Purdue's uh, single-game passing record. Okay. And Sweet. fucking Drew Brees went there. Yeah. Uh, but he threw for like 572 yards last night. Wow. So, uh, so are you, when you say fantasy, are you Big Ten fantasy or just call it top 25 fantasy? Uh, it's Power 5 and the AAC and Independence. Okay. Yeah, oh, so it's comprehensive. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot. Usually, it's, people I know that play fantasy, it's like usually a comp, like a Big Ten or Pac Ten. Yeah, Pac Twelve. Uh, it's uh, is it money league or? Huh, yeah, yeah. Um, what's it's like a hundred dollar buy in so for the, the year. grand prize? Uh, um, what is it? I've never won, so I don't know. Now, do you have the kind of league where the person that finishes the lowest is penalized in some way with like a humiliation bet or no. being kicked out of the league? No. Oh, okay. Uh, they we just changed it that the last place it used to be last place person just like the NFL gets the first pick. Oh, okay. But now you have to win like the losers tournament uh, oh, in the playoffs yeah, to get yeah, the first yeah. pick. So I'm neither the Sacco is it called I it on the yeah yes the Sacco the Sacco Bowl. Um, I uh made the playoffs last year. Um, that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, but we're a keeper league. Okay. So in years past, I would um, I would uh dump a bunch of players when I knew that they're going pro or whatever. that, that yeah, or, or trade people to like, uh, bolster other people's playoff teams, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. to try to get picks and, and build up, uh, like, uh, basically, uh, I was, a I was playing like the 76ers <laughs> <laughs> the process. Yeah. The, I was sad, processing, sad, yeah. but it didn't work out. I did make the playoffs last year. Mm. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, uh, but so if David Blau, uh, cruises again next week. Mm-hmm. We uh, they they could absolutely beat Boston College, but uh, the Big Ten is not looking great. Wisconsin at Iowa. The road graders. The road graders. Iowa uh, is maybe the most boring team in the history of football, except for the really sweet gesture of the Children's Hospital. Oh they, yeah, they waved to that. That warmed even my cynical heart. Yeah, there's a child, They built a Children's Hospital that overlooks Iowa Stadium, and they have this moment. I don't know when is, is it before it's the game? After or? the third quarter. After the third quarter, where everybody turns and waves, and then the children are in the window. All these uh, sick kids. If you do kids. a YouTube video, if you're very cynical like me, even this will melt your heart. <laughs> you know, and they wave, and if it's like a night game, there's like they're holding lights and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. Nice. Uh, it is nice. That, that's what I mean. There are good moments in sports. Yeah, you know, sports I love has the power to bring people together and to uplift. But it's like money is like kind of clogging that. <laughs> yeah, and like making it. Iowa know, City, icky. Un- the most underrated road trip in the Big Ten. You've mentioned this to me. It before. is so much fun, mm. uh, and I want to go the next time Michigan goes. Now I don't know what to think. Yeah. Iowa has. Uh, they're they're Iowa. They're the same team they've been for the last fifteen years, uh, and uh, Wisconsin. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, they were sleepy against New Mexico yeah. before they crushed them. And I kept seeing the BYU score because it was happening. As, uh, so I just saw it flashing on Michigan's yeah. scoreboard. Mm-hmm. But I was like, they're just uh, just being sleepy Wisconsin again. Um, but they never woke up. Yeah. I I feel like they're not going to be sleepy back to back. I think they'll – I'm sure there's some humiliation. Yeah. They're going to come well, this out is, angry and hit them in the mouth. If you look at the results – of the Big Ten West mm-hmm. yesterday, uh, we mentioned uh, you know ne- uh, Nebraska is t- terrible. Yeah. Um, this game is basically putting this is basically a trip to the Big Ten championship game. <laughs> like uh, uh, if you boil it down, yeah. it's these two Which teams. Which is sad. Yeah, uh, it's these two teams and uh, a a win 
puts whoever wins it in the driver's seat. So yeah, I don't like I don't, I think Wisconsin is going to regroup and know that if they win this, or if they lose this, it could yeah. ruin their whole I think they're just going to be angry. It yeah. wasn't like they lost to like a conference team, you know. They no. they lost a game that everybody generally expected them to win. And, and they, they st- probably expected to win. And they still have uh Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. He's awesome no relation to jonathan taylor thomas no uh, jonathan taylor tail jonathan tom what jonathan taylor tailback yeah not jonathan taylor <laughs> thomas um yeah I, i'm gonna pick wisconsin just because i think they're angry and they still have hope and they still have a violent defense yeah. that's gonna yeah i'm gonna go uh well, but i this, think <laughs> the game could turn in the th- third quarter after the sick kid wave you know, <laughs> yeah like oh boy you gotta do it for these kids can it that you this the sidelines are Tiny there. You told me this. They yeah. are right You're on right top. on it. Yeah. yeah. It is a crazy atmosphere. Uh, so we're simpatico again. Wow. I thought you were going to pick Iowa. No. I can't. Mm-hmm. I won't. Andy, we know sports. So really, this this week is a wash for you, no matter maybe, what Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Because <laughs> we're all making the same Got picks. Got a couple more. Stanford at Oregon. Uh, Stanford beat USC who uh, uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, I'm going to pick Stanford because, I don't know, Oregon just, I don't think they have that, I don't know, that cachet this year, the mystique. Like, even, they had a good game uh, yesterday, I think, right? They, uh, they beat up on somebody inconsequential. Yeah. Uh, they beat up on, <gasps> man, this is good radio. Mm-hmm. Just editing. Are you edit this or no? Uh, no, I don't edit anything. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, I throw it up as is right. uh, they beat up on San Jose State. Oh, okay. Uh, and Stanford looked a little sluggish against UC Davis. You know, I'm going to, I mean, it is a long trip out. It's at Oregon, right? It is at Oregon. Yeah, it's a long trip out west. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Stanford here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Stanford is like little mini Alabama mm-hmm. at this point. Um, uh, it's Mario Cristobal's first year as Oregon's coach. So I really just, Hard to know exactly what to expect from yeah. them. But oh, did Chip Kelly win, uh, Kelly win yesterday? No, he didn't. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh wow! They got beat up by Fresno State. Holy shit, man! Like 40, 35, 10 or something that crazy sh- like that. Chip Kelly should have never left Oregon. I don't know what because he um. So you talked about Wilton Spate yeah. earlier. He transferred to UCLA. Yeah, which surprised me because I thought that is that's not really a, a in line with what. Chip Kelly's gonna want to do. Isn't he from California, Spate? No, he's from um, he's from like Connecticut or something. Oh, really? Like okay. Yeah. I'm thinking of somebody else. Then. Um. Uh, but he won the starting job. He got hurt in the first game, so he's not playing anymore. Mm-hmm. But when he won, I was like, hmm. I think Chip Kelly is still trying to do NFL Chip Kelly things, and it's not like why. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> why? Uh, and I don't think that's why UCLA hired him in the first place. They hired him. They hired. They're hoping they got Oregon yeah. Chip Kelly, not Philadelphia Chip Kelly. Thirty-eight fourteen. Fresno State wow. destroyed UCLA. Wow. Uh, Sorry, I'm going out of all these tangents. No, here. I love tangents. Yeah. I'm going to say Oregon. We're going to split. Okay. Here One we of go. us is going to win. A, yeah. Yeah. And it's not even. A, it's a straight up bet, not a straight, straight up bet. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, um. Um. Texas. Texas, who is not very good, mm-hmm. just demolished the same. Uh, USC team that Stanford oh, okay. could not put away. Um, and, yeah, I just don't think they're all 
that great okay, this, this year. Comes down to, That's what it all comes down to. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? Oklahoma State at Texas Tech. Mm. This is going to be points, points, points. Two people like to light it up. Let's see. Um, I know nothing about either school. Okay. So that's why that, <laughs> that's great. Based on that, uh, I will pick Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Me too. Um, uh, friggin' Cliff Kingsbury is still Texas Tech's coach. I don't know how. It's because they. It's they, almost he's benefited from being under the radar. Like yeah. He's not a big name. And he so. he played football there. I think you know, but he has never he hasn't done anything as their coach. They still are terrible on uh, defense. Mm. Oklahoma State um, just pretty easily handled a Boise State team that people were starting to talk about as like a, a, a group of five team that could crash the playoff. That's yeah. never happened. Oh, okay. That's never yeah, happened. Yeah, that's true. And people were saying, like, this Boise State team is crushing people. They could be the first one that slips in. Uh, and then Oklahoma State took care of them. Mm. Um, so I'm going to go Oklahoma State. All right. Uh, Shout Arizona. Out to my friend Patrick, by the way, he works. He's like in the SID department at Texas Tech. Hell yeah! He's probably uh, mad. Guns up. Yeah. That's what they do. Okay. Because they're the Red Raiders. I just thought you were a big NRA nut. I'm a huge NRA I'm just nut. Just kidding. I knew that. Yeah. Uh, I think they used. I don't know if they have any more. They used to have foam fingers. Like the guns. The, like a, like yeah, a I don't pistol. know if that's acceptable now. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, Lubbock is in the goddamn middle of nowhere. That's and where it's he's awesome. from. Yeah. Oh, he's from there. Yeah, he's from Lubbock, and uh, I worked with him in, uh, at Detroit. And he's the one that told me he got, I don't know, Lockhart's Barbecue in Royal Oak. That's from, like, the – Lockhart, Texas is, like, considered, the, like, the capital of barbecue. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, four, like, world-class restaurants. But he was the one that told me he got so excited because he'd never lived out of Texas, I think, for any amount of time. And then he lived there, and he's like, dude, they're opening a Lockhart's Barbecue. Hell, yeah. I'm like, what is that? And then he was explaining to me all this. And he went there, and he's like, they don't give you enough brisket. <laughs> that was his review. He's like, it was so small. That's not enough brisket. This but is Texas. They have great burnt ends. I recommend the burnt ends at uh, Lockhart's. I like Royal that Oak. shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, Arizona State at Washington. Herm versus Peterson. Uh, I think reality is setting in for Herm. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? He had a good run. And Washington, that is a, you know, if you have a chance to go to a stadium, it's like a stadium where I can't it's, it's wait. surrounded on three sides, and then the fourth side looks out onto Lake Union. It's I think it's one of the more beautiful They distance. tailgate in boats. Yeah. The, yeah the, Michigan's the playing cut, there. You know, like uh, that's um, a little place where you'll see. They like, call it sailgating. Yeah. Uh, Michigan's playing there in 2020 okay, or uh, 2021, but uh, I desperately want to go to that game. Yeah, it's, uh, again, Seattle's a great place, and that's, you know, college town, much like Ann Arbor, where it's like the university district is right in the middle of town. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's a great place to see a football game. Do you know um, when Herm Edwards was hired at their press conference, um, uh, there was a um, – a reporter that you, like at press conferences, some people be like Andy Reid, uh, the Wolverine yeah, magazine. Yeah, they identify themselves. Uh, somebody, somebody, uh, a reporter identified themselves like Chad, whatever the fuck, um, uh, Devil Insider. Uh, their nickname is yeah, the Sun, Sun Devils, Devils. <laughs> and he he was like, uh, uh, we don't like devils here. Like we're Christian, we're strong Christians." Uh, he had, <laughs> I think when he got hired, he had no idea so what their great. name was. So great, we don't <laughs> like devils here. Uh, but you guys are the devils. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say Washington too. Say, yeah, um, they're tough at. I mean, they yeah. uh, um, Washington, if they play their cards right. Or is probably the Pac-12's only hope at making the playoff this year. Yeah, uh, and they have to win. Out I think Peterson's a good coach. Florida at Tennessee. 
Oof, this is going to be ugly as hell in the last game we're going to pick. Yeah, this is this is a, a garbage game. Uh, for the, I'm going to say Florida. Florida. They're playing on the road. I'm picking a lot of road teams, I realize. Yeah. It's not a good idea. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just think so just because even though, you know, that loss to Kentucky, again, I think they'll have either at this point they've given up or they still have yeah. some hope. You know what I mean? Both first-year coaches. Yeah. Both have really disappointing losses already. Yeah. Um, um, both haven't, have clearly not figured everything out yet. Uh, um, Tennessee just won like 24 nothing against UTEP. Nothing, nothing yeah, amazing. Oh, I just burped right into the microphone. Really, I, didn't, I think my headphones are conking out. But, um, but it's fine. As long as you can hear me. I can. Okay. Um, I'll go Tennessee. I'll be contrarian. All I have right, no, here we go. I have no feel on this game whatsoever. Same, same. I think both of these programs are still fucked. Yeah. And it's funny. Florida's not even the most fucked major college. In Florida. State. Florida oh, my State. God. Oh, my God. Garbage. But. So, Syracuse, they, they're starting quarterback got knocked out of that game mm-hmm. and Florida State still got destroyed yeah. by Syracuse. Holy they've, they've, smokes. They've like really fallen on hard. But Yowzers. I don't feel sorry for them. Like you read this, all that shit about no, fuck how they them. covered up for players, you know, the police yeah. at home. It's like, go fuck yourself. And they ran out the best coach they've had. Uh, I mean, I guess it, uh, like saying the best coach they've had since Bobby Bowden isn't yeah. really. They yeah, haven't... but no, Jimbo Fisher, he was a big game coach. You can't. Hell you yeah. Um, and they ran him out of town. And the deal he got. I mean, who wouldn't leave? Oh, yeah. my God. It's insane. I, I, I refuse to sign a contract for anything less <laughs> than Jimbo Fisher money now. Yeah. Uh, he signed a $75 million contract guaranteed. So he's there for 10 years, $7.5 million a year. If ten, uh, Texas A&M decides to fire him, before his ten years are done, they still owe him all seventy five yeah. million dollars. That, that's my question. Do you think he'll make it ten years? No, no, no. It's just the odds are way What's, against What is it. his incentive to I do? Don't know. Pride? Like pride. Yeah. yeah. We remember um, when uh, Steve Spurrier this last like year and a half. Because uh, he retired he in the middle of the, middle of the year. He's like, I don't got anymore. But yeah, but he was just like he was golfing. He wasn't yeah. recruiting. He wasn't watching film. Yeah. If I was Jimbo, that's what I would. That's all well, I would do. It's the same thing as sports. Like I think of like Albert Hainsworth in the NFL. Like uh, he was with the Tennessee Titans, and he signed a big contract with the Redskins. And as soon as he signed that contract. He just quit. You know, he was just like, I have my guaranteed money. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Yeah. So that is wild. It's the same. It's the same with coaches. It's like. You know, it really depends. They're going to find out what kind of person Jimbo Fisher yeah. is. You know, like it looks some, like he's he's yeah. playing to win right now. Yeah. He, some they people, took some people, Clemson yeah. to the wire. Yeah. And Clemson is a significantly better team than um, Texas A&M. Yeah. So. That's a good sign. I mean, it's like if some people, if they get a chance, you know, or they get like what, quote unquote, a cushy job, yeah. uh, they will just quit. Yeah. But other people, if they're the kind of person, like they're going to push themselves no matter what. Yeah. You know, so you got to kind of got to be a psycho. Is he a psycho like... You know Jim Harbaugh or Urban Meyer. You I know don't. Yeah, I, mean? I don't. Like, I probably. <laughs> yeah. You have to be. Well, to, be see, a, he has like a real, to make it that far in yeah. college coaching, you have to be a little psychotic. Yeah, I think he's like a folksy sociopath. You know. Yeah, I mean? like, yeah. He has a way yeah. of talking, but it's like he wins. You know what I mean? You <laughs> yeah. gotta, you gotta folksy be cutthroat. sociopath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna kill y'all. I was like, I don't even give a shit. I want to watch the life leave your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just created a character. Yeah, folksy, I love folksy it. Folksy sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah. Um, 
do you want, we talked briefly about the Lions, but do you have anything else you want to say well, before like, we get we out of here? Out? Actually, this is interesting because they're about to start their game in a, uh, what time is it? Oh, yeah. yeah. In a little bit here. And uh, they're playing San Francisco and the new wonder boy, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. I'm sure they're playing San Francisco. And, yes, uh, they are. They are. And uh, I'm going to pick them to lose. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, they I, didn't show I didn't anything. See anything in that first game that impressed me. And they, they, Played on Monday, so it's a short week to yeah. And to, they had whole they had uh, yeah they had a whole fucking season to prepare for the first game. Yeah, you know, uh, and yeah, short week. Jimmy Garoppolo, I, yeah, like uh, I don't think. Uh, I, I mean, Stafford's gonna be fine. People are like freaking out. He threw five picks or whatever. Yeah, it was a bad game. He's gonna be fine. He's not gonna go. <laughs> he's not gonna throw five picks again. Yeah. Well, but. I'm not gonna say that, but <laughs> I think with a quarterback like him, like a big arm, it's yeah. funny, like because he went through a period before Jim Bob Cooter. Where and actually with Jim Bob Cooter, like uh, they actually do less. At least last season, mm-hmm. uh, they would do less like bombs down the field because Stafford. For people that don't know, from the time he was drafted, he just has a cannon of an arm. Yeah, like, this guy, like I would watch him in practice, you know, and just like just flick it. Yeah, like him, like it was just like wow, that just seems so effortless. Just like Calvin Johnson, I remember when he used to like run, just run sprints. The rest of the team would stop and watch him. Yeah, because he was so fucking fast, you know. So he'll always have that, you know. And but uh, under Cooter, he's taking less uh, risks. At least last year, it's more. That's the entire NFL yeah. model. Though. Yeah, it's like you know, the, you'll always hear this phrase: uh, "Take what the defense gives you." Yeah, that's like the mantra of the NFL. It's like the the, the spread offense, the West Coast offense, just take short, you know, dink and dunk. I think that's a huge part of the NFL's problem right now. Is like the current uh, philosophy in the pass game is to throw short and be safe. Yeah, and so um, QBRs are way up. And yards per pass and are way down. Mm-hmm. So, um, but if you're throwing for four yards on third and seven, why are you doing that? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You will, I, like I said, if you're just making casual bets with your friends, you'll never go broke, you know, betting against the Lions. Yeah. So, yeah. I hate to say that because I want them to win. Like, if of any remaining sport that I still follow, if the Lions would win the Super Bowl, that'd be I'd amazing. Be so fucking happy. The city would go. If they won a nuts. playoff game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, again, it goes back to the culture. I think as long as the Ford family owns that team, yeah. there's just not a culture of success. You know, like you hear stories in, back in the day when William Clay Ford, RIP, would own the team and, like, it, it, everything was based on if he likes you. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how, um, what's his face? Matt Millen stayed there for so long. I remember <laughs> when they hired him. I was just like, everyone's was like, yeah, you know, it's almost like, it was almost sort of like that Michigan man thing. He's a football player and he's one blah, blah. I'm just like, he doesn't have any front office experience. Like, yeah. what are we doing here? Matt and Millen's like a, a, a Penn State guy and he's been a big, like, Joe Pa apologist. Yeah, so yeah. And I so, have a bunch of problems with him. Yeah, so, and I know he's like real sick now and gonna die or something. He Is has, he? Yeah, he has some oh, kind I didn't of, know like, that. He has some kind of condition, like, uh, it might be a heart condition oh. or brain condition, but. Did not whatever, know. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, it's just this culture of like, and even with Matt Patricia, it's like, okay, I mean, it's actually more logical. It's like, okay, we're going to get like the front office guy from the Patriots. Mm-hmm. You know, now we're going to get Patricia. You know, he's like defensive line coach. But it's like, show me something. You know what I mean? It's like, there's still not, I think to be a good sports team, you you know, again, get back to what is this about? It's about money and success. Yeah. And it's like, to get that, you have to be ruthless. If you don't want to get that, that's fine. I mean, I think the Lions are personally one of the more amazing stories in sports, period. Almost like the Cubs in that they still sell a ton of tickets yeah. for very little return. Yeah. You know, but I think what's, you know, I don't know if Martha Ford, you know, or the kids, like I've heard Bill Ford Jr. 
he doesn't really have like a big interest in running a team or owning a team. Right. Maybe that'll change. But and I was surprised she's been in, as involved as she had. Like for years, the the people would always ask, "Why don't the Lions have cheerleaders?" They're like, "Well, it's because of Martha Ford. She thinks it's like improper." But the, one of the first things she did when she took over the team, now they have cheerleaders. Uh-huh. So it's it's so who knows? But again, I just think it's a culture of thing. It's like winning is not important enough to them. They say it is, but they won't punish people. You have right. you can't be friends. You know, like. Uh, I forgot who the former executive was, the guy that got a DUI, but he was like, he oh, got man. his job because his dad was a longtime lawyer for the, the Fords. You right. know? It's like, that's not a way to do business. I'm just really bummed that they're not playing the Browns this year. Oh, yeah. Depre- <laughs> yeah. The, see, the one team more depressing. Uh, they went 0-1. Oh, they tied. Two seed, yeah. They tied in the first game of the year. Yeah, that and was the, great. And the ESPN Chiron thing at, uh, uh, when that game came up was yeah. like, uh, Browns, 0-0-1, best start since 2004. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it really is one of the more, I feel like I'm a very logical person, but that's probably one of the most illogical things about me is that I continue to hope and root for the Lions. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm starting to feel that way about Michigan. Yeah, I'm like, going to go home and watch that game, you know. Yeah. But at least Michigan has, I think there's more hope, you know. And there's like, a Lions is just stronger like, history. Yeah. But it's funny, every season I'm like, okay, maybe this is it. Maybe, maybe this is it. But it's it. like, the truth is, well, as long as the family owns that team, I'm telling you. <laughs> just to bring, And who knows, they might sell it to someone even worse, but bring in someone more corporate, you know what I mean? Yeah. But not too corporate, like Gores with the Pistons, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, it's like, he's like a hedge fund guy, you know? So it's like, he'll, <sighs> to him it's like value. It's like if the team's making money, I don't think he cares that much about, you know. And again, in this new superstar era of... Uh, you know NBA basketball. Yeah, it's like I don't even understand why you would root for like a like if you're not rooting for like the Warriors uh, or now the Celtics, I guess. And um, I mean the Lakers are getting a lot of hype, but I don't think they're going to do shit this year. Mm. They're in a rebuilding year. They, I mean, um, they're they're basically what Cleveland was last year, right? Yeah, like LeBron and a bunch of guys. But the supporting cast is even worse. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, but again, you know, there uh, there's a big talk about. Uh, What's his face uh, from the Spurs, uh, Kwame Leonard? You oh. know? Uh like he went to Toronto. He really wanted to go play for the Lakers, and they traded him to Toronto. You know, and, and but he's just there like for a year, basically. Toronto has a year uh, to convince him to stay. Uh-huh. Like uh, the Pacers convinced Paul George to, or the Thunder convinced Paul George to stay. And I don't think he seems pretty dead set on going back to California. Yeah. Uh, so either Clippers or Lakers. But then, so next year will be more interesting, I think. But LeBron has always shown an ability to make the people around him better. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. It's like, he almost had to force himself to be an offensive star because he was so good at passing, like, <laughs> right. in high school and stuff. That was kind of a knock on him, that he wouldn't take control early on. Like, he would just, because he was such a good passer, like, on, like, you know, magic level and yeah. stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I... I just think, and the NBA has become very boring, unless <laughs> unless it's the Warriors or you know, if you're a Warriors fan, it's great. It's fucking know? great. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's just like you know, if you're an some... Alabama fan, yeah, you're just oh, I know, sitting fucking oh, my God. pretty. Yeah, um, to think Michigan State once had Nick Saban. I know, I know, not the Nick Saban. Yeah, you know, evolving Nick Saban. But, but he was he was absolutely. Building that program yeah, into he, the right direction, yeah, he was and a good then coach. when he left, it was just like string of bad hires. Yeah, it was. I mean, I remember when he left, it was just sort of like, well, we couldn't have kept him. You yeah, know? like he was just always his, his, his predecessor, Bobby Williams. I met one time. Oh, I remember Bobby Williams. He was yeah. So he was a Saban guy, and he got the job after Saban. Yeah. And one time when Michigan beat them forty nine to three, in the press conference, somebody was like, "Bobby, have you lost control of your team?" And he goes. I don't know. 
Mm. So I think you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, That's a yes. I love honest answers from coaches. Yeah. They're just like, they don't bullshit But I, uh, I did a story about um, uh, a bunch of Michigan players that Rick Schrott had brought from this tiny town in Florida. Mm-hmm. Pahokee. It's like right on the shore of Lake Okeechobee. Okay. Super um, poor. Uh, they had like a, a sugar mill that left, and it's just like there's no hope, no Jesus. jobs, crime. It's like a Steinbeck novel. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, uh, I went down there and like reported on their lives or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> on their lives or whatever. <laughs> you know, just like yeah, times yeah. are tough for everybody. Times is tough. Pal. But uh, uh, I was down there during their spring practice, mm. and uh, sitting at watching them practice. There's just these like recruiters. Uh, on every, from thirty different teams watching this team practice, uh, and the Alabama guy was Bobby Williams, mm. and I was like, I started to talk to him, and then uh, I was like, Yeah, uh, he's real friendly. He's talking to me about Pahokee. Um, uh, it's like, Yeah, so I I'm down here writing a story for my student paper. I was hoping maybe I could talk to some of the you guys these recruiters. He's like, Sure. Uh, where are you from? I was like, I'm Andy. I write for the Michigan Daily at University of Michigan. And, Oh this really? Is, this is over. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's smarts. Yeah. Still That's smarts. Funny. All right, we've been going for over two hours. Shit, man. This is a marathon fumbling around. Yeah, this is almost like a after improv. Style. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like yeah. tangent after tangent, but it was fun. It was fun. Uh, so if you tune in next week and Tony's here again, you know that we'll he is see. the you co-host know. forever. Yep, I'm a but, low um, expectations. You it's, know, as well as take this, it as it comes. You know, this went well, but I am. Uh, Take I'm a stickler. Pod, yeah, take what the podcast gives you. Yeah. That's what I always say. You know. Um, so yeah. Uh, but uh, Tony and I are both on playing at farm team. So come see us perform. Yeah. Tony's Thursdays and Saturdays. Uh, you're uh, it, you have one more weekend on your show, right? Oh yeah. Uh, is it going to be out in time for this? Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, it's called Totally Recalled. It's playing uh this coming uh Friday and Saturday closing weekend. Come check it out. It's a compilation and like rewrites and remixes of sketches from the Planet Ant sketch writing program of which I was part of the first sketch writing class and now I'm directing. Wow. And uh, it's preceded. It's a double feature so $20 for two shows. Uh, the first one is the current Sketch 5 class. I got a chance to see that show last night uh, directed by Sean Hanlon and it was funny. I enjoyed it and uh, it, it really flows and uh, it was a good time. So it's a good good value. Great value. And uh, you know let, let's say you hate me you can just pay $20 to come to the first show. <laughs> yeah. Or you hate Sean you can just come for the second show at nine o'clock. One day it's your choice, it's, guys. It yeah. works. You 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 know measure out your laughter the way you want. But it's a good time and uh, it's a good show and I feel comfortable endorsing it. Here we go. Yeah. Thank you everybody. Talking sports. Love that Reggie Watts man.